Hello, everybody. Happy holidays and welcome to episode 10 of the In The Pocket Podcast. This is our last episode for the year and I'm excited because we have a legend in the building. Before we get to that, let me give you a little background about the podcast. This podcast was created to provide information, history and advice for up and coming musicians, background singers, songwriters, artists and producers. We want to inform you about what goes on in the industry on stage and off stage. We want to provide insight on how to get the gig, how to land the role, how to write the next hit. All this is going to happen from this podcast because we're going to interview creative people that are successful in their fields and they're going to come back and pour into us and let us know the secrets to success. So this is content you don't want to miss. So make sure that you like and subscribe so that you can know every time we drop a new episode. Now that we got that out the way, yo, I can't believe it. Yo, y'all don't understand. I have a legend. I have one of my heroes with me today joining us for episode 10 of the In The Pocket podcast. I have Midwest legend, Chicago legend, hailing from the south side of Chicago to be exact. I'm honored to sit down with this legend. This man's approach to music has changed the game. It changed my life. This man is one of my greatest inspirations on drums. He's played with some of the biggest names in R&B, pop, soul, hip hop, and gospel. He's maintained a successful career in music that has lasted for 25 years, and he's still going. He's going to tell us all about it. Calvin Rogers is a trend-setting drummer, producer, songwriter, music director, arranger, clinician, minister, husband, and father. I'm talking about the drum assassin, y'all. Like, he's the definition of session. The king of the intros and outros. Please welcome to the pod for the final episode of this year. We're going out with a bang, y'all. My bro, the legend, Calvin C. Rod Rogers. Let's go. Man, bro, I was like, man, he got somebody else coming on. Nah, man, you are, man, you are a goat, man. You know, I had to honor you, man. You see the shirt? Bro, that, that, no, no cap, bro. That shirt almost brought tears to my eyes, man. That's love, man. That almost tore me up. (laughs) And we just say, we're close in age. It's not even that. It's the effect that inspired a generation, bro. Like, um, the way kids play now is because of your, your insight and how you approach the game. And like, it's just amazing to see all these little Calvins running around (laughs) trying to be like you, man. It's gotta be flattering. So I, I, I'm grateful that you took the time out to be here with me. I'm hyped. I'm talking a million miles, million words a minute. I just don't know what to do, man. I, I finally got this done, and I'm here, like with with the legend, man. Bro, it, it it means everything, man, for you to, for one, to esteem me the way you did, bro. It's just that's uh, I'm 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 deeply humbled by that, man. I'm deeply humbled by your words and by your shirt. And you know, me and you go way way back. People don't. We gonna talk about it. We gonna yeah talk yeah. It. I'm sure people, a lot of people, don't realize, man, how far we yeah. go back and. Um, Man, I've I've just been super grateful to make friends with uh, so many of the greatest guys, so many like really great human beings. In Absolutely, the industry, man. So yeah, man. Wow, I'm humble for real, man. Thank you for having me. No bro. doubt, bro. Um, salute to you, man. This episode is going to be dope because your your influence literally shaped the generation of drummers. So um, I want to give you your flowers and just and get the gems from you on how to stay relevant for a, to sustain a successful career. So let's take it back. So when I first discovered you, right, um, had to be the 90s. There was an era called the 90s, guys. I don't know yeah. if you kids don't understand. <laughs> but the 90s, the, the 1990s was a critical time, uh, influential time for us drummers in, in this age range. Um, when I first heard the urban legend of, of Calvin Rogers, it was in 1995 on the Ricky Diller record, Hallelujah. And y'all know that album cover is famous for Ricky doing the jumping, spinning, uh, <laughs> spinning kiff. <laughs> I was 15 
and there was no internet. So you had to buy physical copies. You know, your favorite drummers, you would have to read the credits to find out who they were. Um, you know, buy the vinyl if your parents still had the vinyl and then you buy cassette tapes and then CDs finally came along. But that was one of the first albums I actually purchased with my own money um, because we, we were all hearing about you all the way in Connecticut from Chicago. Wow. Um, and that was the day I never forgot. Fast forward to 99, right? You're, you're touring now. Um, you came to Connecticut with Ricky Dillard at Trinity Temple, and it was for a group called Revelation. Mm. Um, and you were there with Ricky, and it, it was a, a big church. Uh, Ricky and Ricky Dillard was the uh, headliner. And I think you even like you were doing this thing where you stand up a little bit and play a little bit. So <laughs> <laughs> I remember all the hype that was around it in the standing up. And that was just like the midnight musical era where everybody got to meet. And those, these are the times where we all met each other and got to know each other from like people be like, how do you know Aaron Spears? How do you know Calvin? How do you know church? Just church. being around. Yeah. So yeah. I've made some some amazing connections and friendships just being in church, man. Um, also, I can remember time you came to Bridgeport. You did Lucinda session um, yeah. in Bridgeport. You turn your pressure yeah. into praise. So that was another time we got to kick it. And I think I came to Chicago with you for praise one time. Yeah, you came. You came to see me in Ace. I think we were at Cosmopolitan or something yep. like some church like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we were all there. But I'm saying with all your status and, and all your greatness, you still were a homeboy, a brother that came out and just hang, hung with us and always chopped it up with us. So I want to salute you because there aren't a lot of kind people that are at your status that still come down and, and speak to the people and, and, and just chop it up and be a cool dude. So salute to you for that, my guy. Man, much much love, bro. Like I said, man, we, we go far back, man. And I made a bunch of lifelong friends, man. You're talking about Lucinda Moore record, and I remember yeah. like Will bringing me drums to use. You know, the Yamaha kit. Yep. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the homies taking me to get uh, uh, Ace taking me to get pizza. You yep. know what I'm saying? Driving Absolutely. around Connecticut. So, yeah, man. Um, a bunch of lifelong friends, and, and we've all, man, we've all been on the journey. Um, you know, just and we were kids then, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We were we were kids, man, but we were passionate and serious about. You know, are doing what we love to do in some form, man. And, um, you know, it's just great, man. Um, I keep in touch with Corey, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Shipley. And, yeah. and, you know, it's another brother that I met. Jersey. Um, yep. While he was playing with, um, he was playing with, um, what's the group? Uh, uh, what's the group Corey played with? Uh, the Bishop's Choir. No, 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 no. Back, back when. Back uh, then. Oh man, Lord, I can't remember. Um, it, was, it was. Those are the GMWA days. Yeah, but he was. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, 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 it's skipping my mind now. They come back. They come back to. Yeah, me. yeah, but, yeah. You know, all of those, all of those, uh, those, those, those groups, man, and those choirs, like running around playing with different community choirs. Oh, was it Craig Hayes? Craig Hayes, thank yes, you. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Craig, Craig Hayes, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. why I couldn't remember that from there. I had to think for yeah, my jersey. Man. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, man, you know, making making friends with those guys, man, and me and Ace. Yeah. And Ace running into each other. He was playing for you for praise. I'm playing for Ricky and then yep. you know, all of the different stuff that we did. And then I worked with him on his solo project, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Yeah, man. But you know, God is good, man. We you know, God is is good and allowed us to have these long standing friendships, man. Yeah. Where, you and know, I don't I'll take yeah. it for granted, man. I'm super yeah. grateful for that, man. Just the yeah. fact that you would reach out, like when I reached out to you, you would reach back, man. So that's that's super cool, oh, man. man. Because 
some people don't read their DMs, man. So yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, hey, hey, I understand, man. Them DMs can be tricky. Yeah, I'm sure, bro. Tricky, yeah. bro. I got some people yeah. I'm still waiting to hear back from, but I, I'm yeah. grateful that uh, you got back to me, man. Thank you. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Let's yeah, do it. Let's sure. do it. So, how was it growing up in the shy, man? Chicago. Man, you know, Chicago, man, especially when I grew up here, man, and, you know, I'm 40. I just turned 44 last month. Um, Happy birthday. And, man, thank you, man. Um, it's And it was – I really think it was the greatest time, man. Was, yeah. Um, you know, you had real church, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. uh, and, and the churches were the churches, you know. Um, they were about building the community. They were about strengthening their parishioners, and they weren't perfect. But it was the church was a church, and and you know, I feel like kind of now when you go into a church, like everything is the same thing. Like everybody's got the same template, yeah. you know. And there's no personality. There's no identity. Everybody's mm-hmm. got the LED wall. Everybody's <laughs> got the smoke screen. Everybody's uh-huh. got the the upbeat worship song, and then the slow worship song. Yeah. You know, and then Bro. then they go away, and then another song before the pastor ministers. The video announcement. The, the video announcement walk. You know. Uh, so man, you know, I I enjoy the thing I really enjoy about when I grew up was just that. Every church I went to was different. Yeah. Musician and 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 in saying that, all the musicians I grew up listening to and admiring and studying, spending time with, mm-hmm. they all had their own identity, even though a lot of them had the same influences. Yeah. So, you know, um growing up in Chicago was amazing, man. I was around the people, the likes of Darius Brooks and Percy Beatty, you know, growing Legends. up around those guys. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Great songwriters. Um, yeah, I grew up like I grew up catching the bus down the street from Teddy Campbell. Wow. I grew up at the, you know, you know, um running around churches with Rodney Easton, Jason Tyson. Ooh. You know, I met Maurice Fitzgerald when he was playing bass for his high school gospel choir. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah. I mean, that was like to me, bro, that's that's an amazing time in life, yeah. you know, especially consider considering what I do, you know, who I am and and what the gospel community means to me. I mean, I was just, man, it was, I mean, I grew up watching Ray Beatty yeah. wait for Percy to give him an opportunity on the drums. You know what I'm mm, saying? Like yeah. I grew up wait going to the, the Thompson community singer musicals and hearing Ray play, you know, because Kevin wasn't there, you know, and then watching Kevin walk through the door and we were like, he's here, <laughs> wow. you know, um, all the incredible musicians yeah. that made that wheel con- consistently turn, you know, so yeah. it was an amazing time, man. And, you know, um, the morals and the, the things I was raised on, you know, old school, traditional yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's a little different now, but that, that I, stuff, man, you know, I always say that we grew up in the best era, you know, our age yeah. range, you know, in our, our mid forties right now, you know, I feel like we experienced the best of every era, you know, like yeah. I know everybody, are people that are older than us feel like their 60s and 70s was the best era. But I just feel like yeah. we, even in sports, you know, from everything that we got to see, the greatest of everything, yeah. we got to see the internet be birthed. We got to see everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we 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 were in the analog era and now we're in the digital era. We Our era is just like the best, man. So I, yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, man. Grew up watching cartoons, eating cereal, watching Soul Train and wrestling. Saturdays. And, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, that that was dope. What was life like in your house? Because I know you come from a musical family. Yeah, man, um, music all the time. You know, yeah. um, and I grew up. I I grew up. Um, I don't want to say poor.
talking like middle class, but we stayed in an apartment building. And it was crazy because, you know, there were seven or eight apartments in the building mm. and they some kind of way, you know, allowed me to play drums every day in an apartment <laughs> building, you know, yeah. um, I played every day, you know, and, and I grew up literally with, uh, uh, with a community of people with, um, a village of people, yeah. you know, my neighbors, you know, were on me when I was doing wrong, you know what I'm mm. saying? They would see me driving down the street on their way home and see me somewhere or see me doing something they had not yeah. been doing, like yelling out the window, like, stop doing that. Don't you, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, um, man, you know, we, we, um, I was, I spent a lot of time with my dad, yeah. uh, who was a, a musician and a producer. So yes, sir. I was running around with him. Um, you know, we were in church a lot, but I was, mm -hmm. he was, you know, coming from working a, a, a nine to five job mm -hmm. and then made his transition to being doing music full time. Awesome. And so I spent a lot of time with him, you know, going to rehearsals and then a lot of time in front of the radio yeah. because my dad had it set up at home. He's always worked um, in the church system, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So he was always training choirs and things like that. So, right. you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays was his day. He was always learning music. So I was like, as soon as I was done with homework, I was like sitting in front of his Fender Rhodes air drumming <laughs> as nice. he was going over music for him to teach yeah. you know, for the week and, or, you know, listening to tapes or putting on records. So yeah. those were my days, man, you know, um, until I went to sleep and you know, it's why, why I'm not, I'm a horrible athlete. I love sports, but <laughs> I just wasn't getting outdoors, man. No. I, I spent my time in front of, um, in front of the, the keyboard with him, you know, yeah. sitting on the floor next to his leg, just air drumming, you right. know what I'm saying? The stuff he was listening to and preparing for. And then, um, and that was pretty much how, you know, how my weeks were, man. I was, you know, pretty much, uh, a uh, normal kid besides that, man, yeah. you know, just a, a church kid that, that loved drums and in church, church all the time, and, yeah, all the yeah. time. Right. Yeah. yeah. Were, yeah. You pots and, were you a pots and pants kid? Absolutely. My, my mom <laughs> talks about how I ruined her cookware. Um, <laughs> and uh, she talks about at first I used to like beat um, the, the cookware with like spoons and I ruined yeah. all the bottom of her pots and pans <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, yeah, man. So I was absolutely that kind of, I was also the guy that I was also the kid that uh, got all the Christmas presents, took all the presents out of the boxes and then Play set with the, the boxes, boxes up <laughs> and made my own drum kit. Yeah. Dope. <laughs> Dope. Yep. So yeah. coming from that musical family, did you feel pressure? Your dad is this, you know, instrumental figure in the city, you know, legendary figure in the city. Did you feel pressure to follow in his footsteps or do anything with music? I, I didn't feel any pressure, man. Oh. Um, I didn't. And, you know, a little bit of a sensitive subject because I was just talking to my son about that. Okay. Um, and I'm still trying to figure out if there was pressure there mm. uh, or what the what the thing was there. But he was we were just talking about that the other day. Because really? He's going into another route. Uh, in music, but we were just talking about that the other day. He turned 24 yesterday, uh, wow. two days, three days ago. Kobe year. So, yeah, hey. exactly. Kobe year, yeah. <laughs> um, so we were just talking about that not long ago, but I, I didn't grow up feeling any pressure. No. Um, man, I just, I loved music so much and I fell in love with drums like instant, like so quickly, man. And, That's dope. I come um, from a long line of preachers. <laughs> so yeah, I feel okay. that pressure. You but feel it. Yeah. I definitely feel that pressure. Yeah. But you know, musically, my dad was a singer and my mom was a singer, but not anything like professionally like that. They did a couple sessions locally, but nothing to that professional, you know, touring or anything. But like the ministry stuff, I definitely feel that. 
I've I've had I don't I, I didn't have any pressures musically. I've had okay. some pressures in other areas, yeah, but I didn't have any pressures musically, man. And I I, I wonder how that would have changed anything. You know, my yeah. father just my father just wanted me to be successful. He wanted yeah. me he wanted me to be more successful than him. That's okay. all that's really what he wanted. And he yes, didn't really sir. care how I did it. He didn't, wow. he didn't really care how I did it. You know, that's amazing. So, um he just wanted me to be successful, yeah. What made you choose your instrument? Just by default or just man, he chose me, bro. Yeah. I love H- that. The drums chose me. I didn't I didn't have anything to do with that, man. Yeah. But they grabbed me quickly and yeah. uh, immediately. And it was just it was they, they the love has just always been there, man. It's just I That's remember the first time like I don't remember the first time I I just don't remember being here and not like loving the loving drums. drums. Yeah, me either. I, 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 don't, I don't, don't think so either. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, who were some of your greatest influences in your early days? Man, the drummers, the, the local drummers at my church. Yeah. Um, Talk about it. I Shout grew up out. in a church. Yeah, I grew up in a church called Trinity All Nations, which is, I don't know if you know the song. You remember the song, Are You Ready? Are you ready? For the coming, coming of the Lord. Lord. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The church that, that made that album. Um, wow. My father was was birthed in that church and married my mom in that church the church i grew up in yeah um so and my uncle um there and you should remember larry roberts he's a barber from chicago but he used to play drums with ricky as well wow first um, album yeah so this was this wasn't there he was he was in on the first album but, okay okay um he he played and tour with them okay. anyway his father was, was, was a songwriter of that song and yeah. um that's the church i grew up in mm-hmm Drummer at the church was a guy named Arnold Bayman, uh, who's, who's passed away now. Rest in peace to Arnold Bayman. Another yes, guy sir. who's still around named Otha Seals. Nice. And then another guy named uh, Tony Shelton. That's Those the- were the drummers at that church. Tony Shelton, and you know Cedric Kraut, right? I know you yeah, know Cedric Kraut. Yeah. Uh, Cedric Kraut. Tony Shelton owned the backline company, that, and I think said is like his nephew or oh, wow. God or something took like that. Over. He passed this. He took. He took, yeah. took. He took Tony Shelton's, but Tony was a, a was a super tight drummer back in the day. He was like a session guy. He was the Midwest. He was the Chicago version of like Jeff Davis. That's big dope. dude. Yeah, you know, heavy hitter. You know, what I'm saying they called him for the sessions. Those were the guys, and then, uh, and then after there, from there, uh, my dad was working at Rexel Hardy's uh, nice. grandfather's church, uh, yes, God's sir. House of All Nations, and there was a guy named um, uh, there was a guy named Victor who played drums. There was also Van Moody, uh, Lester Van Moody, and then it was you know me and Rex and a guy named Donnell Vassar. Wow. Those were the influences for me yes, early on, those are right. church drummers, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Guys that just, I love like, and those were the guys that like made me love drums. I look yeah. forward to going to hear them and watching them every week. Um, and then later on, you know, I became, I be, became familiar with the guys that were outside of the church that my dad was working with, mm-hmm. with you know, guys like Tyrone Block, who was the, the director for the Thompson community singers. Yes, sir. He had a group called love salvation devotion slash LSD. Yeah. And uh, the, Clyde, the drummer for for that group was a guy named Clyde Davis, who was for years was like the guy I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, and Clyde is playing a lot of smooth jazz now, but 
Um, one thing, one thing I can say about Clyde is like the way my drums, the way I kind of changed the tone of my drums when mm-hmm. I start playing the eight and yeah. the six and a half snare between tight. That's yeah. really like a, that's really like an old or a throwback to me. My drum, yeah. me trying to make my drums sound the way Clyde's drums sounded back wow. in the eighties. Shout out to Clyde. Um, Clyde Davis, yeah, and then there was a guy named uh, everybody knows Felix Pollard, who was who was kind of up under uh, up under Clyde Felix Pollard and Raymond Beatty. Those were all the guys that yes, sir. you know I met during the time my dad was working with like Tyrone Block and Darius mm-hmm. and Percy, yeah, things like that. I met all those guys. Um, so another guy from from New York who moved to Chicago for a little while named Kevin Johnson, Dope. who is a producer now, and uh, he he's worked on like done like TV shows and ended up being like a, a heavy guy producing like TV show theme songs. And mm-hmm. um, I think he, he, he was working with like the barge for a little while, but those are the guys that, you know, really outside of those guys, I named the church after I kind of went outside the church and started mm-hmm. hearing guys. Yeah. Those were the, the guys who I was listening to really, really early. That's amazing, man. Shout out to all those influential people in yeah. your life, man. That's so cool. So yeah, you're, you're doing your thing, you're rocking with your dad, you're playing all these services. You know, you're coming through, you're, now you're 9, 10, now you're 11, 12, 13, yeah. 14. Now people starting to know who Calvin <laughs> is, you know, like the, the, the buzz around the city is happening. What, at what age did, did it dawn on you? Like, you know, I, I can do this. I, I'm pretty good. Man, I don't I don't know if ever, I don't know when it dawned on me that I could do it, but I always knew that I wanted to do it. Okay. I always knew that it was like, this is the only plan I had. I just wow. was always like, this is what I'm going to do. I didn't really, really consideration how good i needed to be yeah i didn't really take into consideration like i need to be as good as this guy i need to be better than this guy i never was taking that into consideration i was just going this is what i'm gonna do yeah and so that was that was just really it you know and and again my old man was kind of like man playing drums for a living calvin like there's not a lot of guys (laughs) doing that you know you gotta be able to do something else you know but in in our world the world that we saw you know all of the guys all of the all of the great drummers that we knew play yeah. at my church. They worked at the steel mill or at the mm-hmm. car dealership. That you know Midwest what I'm saying? life, man, hard yeah. working, yeah. Yeah, so they and they came and played drums after that. And yeah. I was just like, this. now nah, this is all I'm going to do. And so, you know. But the world was changing at that time, too, It was right? changing so, at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and they didn't know didn't, that. They didn't know that. And we, no. see, we weren't seeing gospel people. We weren't seeing gospel musicians leave and go into the secular side. You no. know, nobody was doing that over out here you know like we didn't even know that was not we didn't even know about you know gospel musicians working and traveling with other other artists outside of our state yeah i remember the first time uh wendell lowe used to travel with with uh with with douglas miller yeah wendell lowe and jeremy Haynes used to play with douglas miller bro and they came to chicago one time and i'm like this guy's from chicago how what is he even doing playing with you know but there was a thing you know i just didn't know we didn't i didn't i didn't know anything about that my my old man he recorded with 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 james cleveland yeah and james cleveland taking the road my my pastor was like my my best pastor was like absolutely not not happening and they 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 just didn't do that you just stay here work your job take care of your family you know Mm -hmm. things like that so i learned about uh, it from dubos like jonathan dubos yeah, uh, I'm a young kid and he's going on tour with the Hawkins. And so yeah. from my little small city to see him and then he came back and then Willie Smalls and like they pulled all the background singers. And like so the whole camp was on you know, with the Hawkins and with Tremaine. And yeah. so for us to see that, like, whoa, like you really. Oh, and then Mike and Nate, you know, had their opportunity to go out with Drew Hill. And then like so 
it was opening our eyes at that time. Like, oh, shoot, we can do this. You know, same and then, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same thing when I saw Maurice Fitzgerald with John Piquet. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I met John, when I met Maurice Fitzgerald, he's playing baseball. Yeah. And then two years later, I saw him on stage at the Chicago Gospel Fest wow. playing with John Piquet. I was like, what is he doing up there? <laughs> like, how did he get there, right? Yeah, how did he get there? <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, yeah. So it was, it was changing and, you know, we were just kind of just being made aware of it. Yep. So at what age did you start, did people start asking you to play? Man, um, I was always... Uh, I was always at um, I was I was always running around with my dad. Right. I was always playing with him. Uh, I was always, you know, at at the churches he was at, or working with the artists that he was at. Mm-hmm. Uh, working, work, working, you know, sitting in the rehearsals with the artists that he was working with, and so I was kind of like his personal drummer. So I would sit in those rehearsals, and sometimes, you know, I would be in the rehearsals and then end up playing a rehearsal. Yeah. Sometimes playing a gig. Yeah. Sometimes my old man would be like, uh. This gig, I'm, I'm just like, I'm gonna have my son do it. And yeah. when he, you know, he thought I was, I was like eight or nine years old, 10 years old, playing around Chicago yeah. at, at midnight musicals, you know wow. what I'm saying? Yeah. Playing with different artists and things like that. And then, you know, finally I got, I, um, I, I got connected with the guy that was the music director for Ricky Dillard, who wow. knew me from, Again, from seeing me hanging around with my dad and yeah, seeing me being in those rehearsals. Yeah. One of the groups that my dad was working with, um, he was a guitar player at the time. I would be in the rehearsals playing the parts. Yeah. And he knew I could play. And so mm-hmm. I just ran into him one week and he was like, hey, man, what you doing? I'm like, nothing. You know, I was I was 13 years old. And he's like, man, well, I'm going to come talk to your parents, see if they'll let you play for Ricky Dillard. I'm, I'm the music director now. Yeah, and that's how it went. And you did know, you know so, Ricky from before that? Yeah, I did because Ricky was in. I was saying I was telling you about Tyrone Block, mm-hmm. who's the director for Tommy's, it's had Tommy's. a group called Love Sal- Love Salvation Devotion. Ricky was in that group. Oh wow! And if you ask Ricky, actually, if you talk to Ricky about New Generation, he'll tell you that he pretty much took the DNA and the thumbprint mm-hmm. from Tyrone's yeah. group. Dope. And just flipped it to a choir. Yeah. He'll tell you that he just took the vibe that Tyrone had with yeah. LSD and that's just made it into to New G. Wow. Yep. That's dope. Tell me about uh you had you've only been a, a professional musician. Have you had any other jobs? I had uh I had one other job when I first graduated <laughs> high school. My uh dad when I first graduated high school, my dad was like, Well, look, you ain't gigging. <laughs> You're not gonna be sitting at home Monday yeah. through Thursday waiting waiting for choir rehearsal, right? And so, um, and I think I've told the story before, but I, I <laughs> he he called a friend of his and um, said, "Man, I, my son needs a job. Got guy got me a job at a place called Shared Marketing Corporation. Oh, nice! And I was doing like data entry. I'd never <laughs> had a job before and never did anything. And man, um, I was at the job for about seven eight weeks, maybe. I don't even know if it's that long. <laughs> um, but while I was at the while I was at that um while i was at that job i got a call to go on tour with ramsey lewis wow and ramsey was like hey the drummer uh, drummer is it wasn't a tour it was like uh maybe a string of dates like a set of weekend dates or something okay and it's like man the drummer just pulled out last minute i need you to do these dates there this weekend i need you to be at my my studio on tomorrow Mm-hmm. Uh, for rehearsals and then the dates are like, you know, we out this weekend. And so I went in and talked to my boss and I'm like, hey man, uh, my stepmom just called me, said I got a, a message. 
And they, they did you hear that? His stepmom called him because yeah. he had no cell phones. Yeah, no stepmom. So my stepmom, yeah, my stepmom called me down at the office. Yes. Yep. She called called the landline down at the office and was like, Ramsey just left a left a message on the answering machine. Yeah. And he wants you to wants you to come to rehearsal tomorrow. You need to call down there, see what he's talking about. So I call Ramsey down to his studio and he's like, Hey Calvin, I need you. Um, and there's a long story behind how I met met Ramsey, but I was involved in a in an inner city youth program through my high school. Dope. And he was a spokesperson for it. And so wow. he, he was a mentor um, for for that thing. But after I graduated, I started like playing dates with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, and nice. so he took me, he started taking me on the road. But then he, you know, I would like like a sub. Yeah. So anyway, I called Ramsey and he's like, hey man, I need you. And you know, I need you to rehearsals tomorrow. So I go in the, in the boss's office and I go, hey man, I got this call <laughs> and uh, I need to be at these rehearsals tomorrow. Um, is there any way you can let me off? And I, like I said, I know I've been working this job like five, six weeks, yeah. uh, however long. And I'm like, is there any way you can let me off, man? I'll work extra hours. Maybe I'll come in next week. Like I'll work on Sunday and, yeah. you know, I'll work on Sunday or Saturday when I get off work. And he just gave me this long lecture. Like, Hey man, listen, you know, you're an adult now yeah. and I know you enjoy playing drums, but you know, this is, you know, that, that you've got to make adult decisions now, yeah. and, you know, being an adult is about having a job. You get up and go to work every day and, you know, so on and so forth. You want to play drums, you know, let's do it as a hobby. Why don't you start your band or something? Yeah. And, you know, maybe, you know, you guys have jam sessions in your garage after, after you get off work, you know, things like that. Or maybe you find, you know, find a club to play in or something like that. And I was just like, He's just giving me the whole, yeah. you're an adult now, and that was a hobby and all of that. <laughs> so he's giving me that whole spiel, and I'm just like, like he really doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't know. He doesn't have he a clue. get it, yeah. And so I said, okay. I said, all right. And I left out of his office, went back to my desk, and I sat there, and I, I worked through lunch. And then when it was time for me to go to lunch, I went back in his office. I went back in his office, and I said, hey, man, listen, um, I, I really want to thank you for this opportunity because – I know you you did this for me, you know, because of because of my dad. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to ruin this opportunity for somebody that needs it. Yeah. I'm not coming back here after I go to lunch. <laughs> I'm, I'm not coming back. You're not going to see me again. Uh, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. This ain't my destiny, bro. This right. ain't what. Yeah. So um, I really appreciate it. I apologize. I really, really hope that you don't hold what I'm doing against, my against someone else oh, or oh, my someone dad, else. Okay, yeah, my dad or even someone else that's going to need this help. Cause I right. know somebody's going to need this help, but I'm, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing man. So, and, um, I just told him, I was like, man, you know, I, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm, it's lunchtime. I'm not coming back after lunch. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, <laughs> and that was it, man. I, yeah. I went and played those dates with Ramsey and then I went on a tour with Ramsey. Uh, then I was, you know, I, 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 I uh, got in urban nights i joined urban nights around the same time as when i landed the john p gig uh okay. john p key gig pastor john p key and I, I met maurice me and maurice just randomly ended up in a studio session and you know the rest was kind of history so yeah wow yeah man so let's talk about the city of chicago right there's a few cities that are special new york philly la houston memphis that detroit that just breed crazy musicians right but your city is special for you know for breeding amazing musicians. Can you talk about how special um, the music scene in Chicago in, is in Chicago and like some people that are in your musical family tree? I know you mentioned Rex, but like people that you came up with and then people that that came from your your legacy. Yeah, um, I mean Chicago's 
they're still doing the same thing, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, I'm seeing so many of uh, so many of these guys, their sons now, you know. Yeah. But I, I grew up here in Chicago, man. Like I said, you know, I got a chance to watch Ray Raymond Beatty, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I got a chance to watch Felix Polar, Oscar Seaton. I grew up catching the bus with 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 Teddy Campbell, you know, yeah. he went to Morgan Park. I went to Julian's. I would see him on the bus stop, you know, he would fuss at me for standing outside trying to have my my hat broke off like I was dangling. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> you know, um man chance to see the uh the evolution. Teddy. Yeah, Teddy, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um I got a chance to experience the evolution of Teddy Campbell. I saw the many phases that he went through, man. Oh, he man. Was, the Teddy that was blazing the Chicago Mass and New Direction records. Yeah. And then the Teddy that I, I would see on TV on 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 TV on the Motown Live show playing with with with, with Keith Swift. Um you know that was before the move to LA then seeing Teddy land the Backstreet Boys gig you know and going I, dro- I drove to Milwaukee to see Teddy playing with Backstreet Boys um, on that tour man and seeing his drum cabs and then you know him getting out of here going to LA and then seeing him working with Ricky Minor you know seeing mm-hmm. the many phases of that man and and then you know the same thing with Rexel you know um uh seeing Rex 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 was with me when 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 I started doing R. Kelly gigs. Wow. He's with me the day I loaded my drums in there. Like he was <laughs> he's hanging with me. I introduced him to Donnie Lyle, which he ended up making the connection to go on to work with like Donnie Lyle is the yeah. legendary guitar player yeah. for all those R. Kelly yeah. records. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I uh, Rex is hanging out with me. I introduced him to Donnie. Rex goes on to work with with Donnie on a couple other projects like Selena Johnson. Yeah, and there he did some work with R. Kelly, you know, and then and then he makes, you know, and then he goes and goes on goes on to work with Dave Hollister, which I was doing the Dave Hollister thing. Yeah, before I got the R. Kelly gig, and then when I got the R. Kelly thing, I I gave it over to Rex, and then Rex goes from doing Dave Hollister to like working with like all all of the artists that we were, they had like that uh tour or something. They went on like the Miller Light tour or something like oh, that. Wow. He, Rex ends up going and blows everybody mind, you know what I'm yes, saying? He everybody, he went and worked with everybody then, you know. Um, um, and now, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and then there was the guys, you know, the guys like Quinn, Quinn Anderson, who. Shout was, out was Quinn. Playing. Yeah, Quinn was My playing God. with Yolanda Adams and playing with Tyrone Dickerson and doing all of this stuff, man, playing with New Direction. So um, watching those guys, growing up watching yeah. those guys and wanting them, you know, just trying to take all of that in, trying to figure out, trying to find me, you know what I'm saying? And all of that, because they were all the I, I remember guys. Quinn with, I remember Quinn with Yolanda Adams. Oh man. Shereen. Shaking the house, DVD. Shaking, yeah, oh, yeah. man. Those were the best yeah. times, bro. Yes, yeah. sir. Yep. Oh. And now seeing Chicago now, you know, you got the Maddox boys. Yes. You know, Josiah. That's your family, right? Josiah and Leonard are not my family. Okay, the Poindexters okay. are my family. The Poindexters, yes. Clint. Okay, okay, okay. Those, those are my cousins. Um, and I knew there was a duo. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jermaine, Jermaine, and Clem Clemens. Who, man? I mean, and then you got Leonard and and Josiah Maddox. Incredible. You know those guys. Um, and and you got, you know, um, you got the guys like Lil Tony, Tony, Lil Tony um, yeah, Tony Taylor. You know yeah. who his dad is an incredible drummer. His dad wow. is serious on drums. That's dope. You know, um, and so seeing all those guys, you know, and now seeing the kids, it's just yeah. like, 
Jeez, man. So, I mean, Chicago is just, it's been a breeding ground. It's got a, it, there's still a heavy, it's so crazy because Rico is from here, little Rico Nichols. Yep, absolutely. You know, um, Burning up LA. Yeah, Damn man. It. Yeah, man. But it's so crazy because the thumbprint of so many of the guys that they don't even, you know what I'm saying, they even really get spend a chance, a time, mm-hmm. a chance to spend time with. Like Teddy's thumbprint is still so like heavy here. Yes. Oscar Seaton's thumbprint is still yes. so heavy here. Raymond Beatty's thumbprint is still like, you want to talk about playing to a drum machine, playing to yeah. a loop with a vibe, you got to start with Ray Beatty. Yes, like, you sir. know what I'm saying? Like, everybody's like, my general people are going to say, you know, you start with Rex. And for sure it did, but Rex yeah. was 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 on it, was listening to Ray Beatty on it. You Had know what I'm saying? Influence. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. The influence was heavy Ray Beatty. You know what I'm saying? You want to talk about applying technical um, technical ability and fun, fundamental playing to fundamentals to your playing. You got to talk before you can talk Kahari Parker, you have to talk Oscar Seaton. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, so, and if you want to talk about vibe, you want to talk about professionalism, maintaining a career. Yeah. And before you could talk about Calvin Rogers, you have to talk about Teddy Campbell yes. because that's where, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. and it's just all doing the same thing, you know? Yeah. So yeah, man, it was it, it, Chicago has been, it has been like just, I don't know what's in the water, man, but the guys come out with a with a different aggression. We just talking about drummers. We still yeah. talking about oh, players, man. It's, you know it's a saying? sound, it's a vibe, it's just yeah. like it's a feeling when you get off the plane, man. Honestly, like yeah. a few places like when you go to LA, there's a vibe when you get off, you know, New York has a vibe. New but York. when you go to Chicago, it's just like you just feel it. Detroit too, yeah. but more yeah. so Chicago, man. Like yeah. it's just a vibe that y'all carry yourself with, a bravado. It's not arrogant, but it's just like, yo. Y'all yeah. be putting a smack down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to bring up some some legendary figures um, that are influential in your life. You let me know what they mean to you. Briefly. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to uh, go right. too long on it, but Bishop Larry Trotter. Uh, spiritual father um, has, has really stepped into the place of father figure since I lost my dad in 2014. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Everything that I'm going through in life, man, I, I I'm so fortunate to be having this guy walk me through it. Yeah, um, man, took me to buy my first expensive suit. <laughs> you know, wow, took yeah. me to my first fine dining restaurant. Me and my dad, you know, took took me around the world, yeah. telling me to told him told me, man, you out traveling, get out and see the world. Don't mm-hmm. just go and play drums. You know, get going, get out in the city, go and yeah. explore the food, go explore the culture, dope. go explore the city. So yeah. Yeah, man. That's dope. Let's go to uh, Pastor John Hanna. Pastor John Hanna. Um, man, I will say that man taught me that that man taught me the importance and power of prayer. Yes. Sir. Um, uh, again, a lot of spiritual connectivity there. Um, but um, one thing I learned from him is that you got to maintain a prayer life. Taught me the power and importance of prayer and gave me an opportunity to step outside of everything that everyone knew or thought I was, man. It yeah. gave me an amazing opportunity. So, yeah. Dope. Yeah. Maurice, Maurice Fitzgerald. Best friends. My brother, yeah. man, it took a, he rolled the dice on me. Um, <laughs> I walked up to Maurice at the Chicago Gospel Fest and said, uh, I heard that Liddell Abrams is quitting and I need to be the next drummer for John P. Key. And the line to play for John P. Key was wrapped around of course. the corner. They were using Doobie Powell was playing yep. some of the dates. Teddy Campbell was playing some of the dates. Um, so many other drummers were playing it. And for some reason, man, this guy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they all out here, dog. It's yeah, our age man. range, yes, sir. Yeah, and 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 but 
you know, a chance encounter with us in the studio and the guy took a gamble on me, man. And, and we've been best best friends ever since. Probably I don't, I don't two, three days don't go by. I don't talk to Maurice Fitzgerald. Like That's this the third day, I'm like, hey, hey, what's going on? What's it's going been on? Been a minute, yeah. right? <laughs> yep, yep. Every day. Philip Feaster. Whoo, <laughs> man. Um, another young man who saw um saw something in me. Yeah. Decided not to dismiss me, decided to listen at me and take my ideas and give me an opportunity to uh, to grow. Mm -hmm. He's been patient with me, has shared and taught me so much. I run wow. my home studio because of this man. Yeah. Man taught me everything, started me from the very beginning, taught me how to how to mic my drums, how to yeah. run cables, how to work wow. Pro Tools, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, how to put a song together. I remember the first time I took him a song idea, he was like, Calvin, you missing the chorus. Like, <laughs> you don't have a hook, bro. <laughs> uh, but he didn't laugh at me. He didn't yeah. laugh at me. He he said, bro, we missing the hook. Come on, let's write a hook. Let's, let's, let's sit do down it right let's, now. Let's yeah. It. That's you know, and it's that's that's my way. And me and Philip would go back. We met each other in high school. We wow. go back. I we we were in high school together at Curie uh, performing arts. And that's how far back we go, man. That's that's that is that's another dude I'm talking to. I me, him. Uh, Snoop, Lawrence mm -hmm. Jones. We got yeah. a group chat. We talk every day. Uh, Lee Drake. We talk I, every single day, man. I can't imagine the laughs that go on in that <laughs> chat because everybody is a clown. The laughs from Lawrence alone, bro. <laughs> Lawrence alone is just. I'll be looking at my phone like, what? Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, let's go to uh, uh, let's go to Donald Lawrence. Oh man, uh. Another, I, I have to, man, legendary mentor, yeah. hero. Yeah. Um, um, what's the word I want to use? I want to say like, um, uh, uh, he's a visionary. He's someone I can always, I can bounce all, I bounce my ideas off of. Never yeah. too busy, as wow. big and as large as he is, man. Picks That's up the amazing. phone, responds to a text. A visionary, one of the very first people that. Uh, again, gave me an opportunity to start mm -hmm. doing and being more. Yeah. Um, so, um, and man, he's just, he's a trend. Talk about that. Talk about that real quick, though, because a lot of times we're one dimensional as drummers, right? You yeah. know, we, we're hired to, and people don't really want our opinion. They don't really want our insight. They don't really want to know, you know, what we want to add to the song. Other than just play your part, play the beat, mm -hmm. you know, be on time and, and do your job. But like, as far as drummers can, I think drummers make some of the best producers in the world. I think I, so too. We pay so I, much attention to detail. Absolutely. So I think, <laughs> you know, drum, drum producers are, are, are top notch, but um, talk to that about you saying Donald giving you an opportunity to, to know that there's more. Yeah, man. Um, uh, I was, I was here playing, I was doing a record with Mark Hubbard here in Chicago. I was playing a record with Mark Hubbard and Donald was at the session. I was like MD in the record. Mark Hubbard mm -hmm. gave me an opportunity. You know, yeah. I had been working at Sweet Holy Spirit, working through the ideas. And then he just said, man, you know, we're going to do something different. Yeah. You know, we'll allow Calvin to, to run the ship on this one. Donald came to the session. He was featured on the session. Ship and was like, hey, man, you seem to have a passion for that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm here in Chicago now. I'm going to be reaching out to you. Started with, you know, giving me a call, connected me with my hero, Joe Smith. We played yes, on the Karen Clark record on the Heavens of Telling album. Oh, and then from there, man, he was, you know, allowed me, hey, man, you know, call. I need a band for this particular day. Call and see. We yeah. got together, uh, forcing me to tap into my administrative skills. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Forcing me, you know, not just getting on the drums, but 
organizing, directing, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Being leading, a leader. Yes, leading, sir. You know what I'm saying? And teaching yeah. me that all at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Without mm-hmm. telling me, hey, this is what I'm going to tell you to do. But right. it's like, you know, these are the other sides of music. He's always telling people there's other sides. There's more to do. There is. But, you know, he gives you an opportunity and he says, hey, man, okay, you want to lead? Okay, cool. I know you can play drums. I yeah. know you can be young. Get, put the team together. Make sure everybody knows where they can be. Make sure they, they know about the sound check. Make sure everybody yeah. gets the music. Make sure everybody's up on it. You know what I'm saying? Uniform, yep. mm-hmm. location, sound check, rehearsal, whatever. So Absolutely. giving me an opportunity to get that stuff, forcing me to tap into that other side, you know, yeah. that's where they, that was one of the first ones, you know? So by the time I got to Fred and I was, I was Fred's MD, yeah. I was able to, you know what I'm you saying? I knew. really, the, the administrative part of it, yeah, I really Fred didn't have to worry about it no. all the way down. Even with the artists, when we by the time we did, when I, when we were doing the festival of praises, festival mm. of praise tours, I was communicating with all of the artists. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm letting them know, hey, come into rehearsal. I gave them production sheets. You're gonna get yeah. to rehearsal when you get to Dallas. Get to rehearsal at this time. I'm gonna run mm. over your music for an hour. Here's your set list. Here's the music we're doing. Wow. You want to change it? So they knew when they yeah. were getting there, they weren't walking in going, what am I doing? Yeah. So they were able to look at it. So then by time, and in case they wanted to change something, the mm-hmm. say, hey, I don't want to put sold out up here. I always open with sold out. I want to yeah. open up with, you know, won't he make you clean or whatever. Yeah, 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 we yeah. can do that. We can get out of the way. We ain't got to waste no time about it. But really all of that came from really Donald Lawrence just starting that in me. Job, yeah. I worked at John Hanna's church. Pastor John Hanna's. I was a senior director of creative arts there. Yes, sir. A completely administrative position. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? You all weren't even playing. You weren't even playing. I wasn't even playing. No. All that... All of that really started from what Donald Lawrence started having me do yes, when sir. he moved here to Chicago, man. So yeah. Major, major shout out to him. Bro, those those and, Donald Lawrence, those Donald Lawrence, go ahead, say what you're going to say. And, and he's doing the same thing with Varro. Yes, Varro's absolutely. His band leader, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Varro's his band leader now. Shout out you know, to Varro. And, and yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. One, uh, Another one, you know. Yes, just, another Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I haven't said his name. This Varro and Thad. Shout yeah, out Varro to both of them. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I was going to reflect on one of the best concerts I've ever seen in my life. And it was the Stellar After Show. Do you remember in Nashville? Oh, yeah. Was that that was that the year after we recorded Donald's album? It was the Law of Confession. I just Law remember. Confession. Y'all, yep, yep, oh, yep. my God, so, Cal. Yeah, yeah. So we did the we had just recorded the Law of Confession and he debuted like the material at the uh at the stellar after party, <laughs> we were we were all messed up, bro. That was that was crazy. Because usually when you go to a Calvin show, you're either inspired or you're like really depressed. And so, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I I I I've never heard him. I say that a lot about yeah. a lot of drummers, man. I say that a lot about a lot of drummers. Yeah, but I know, so I know what you mean. <laughs> There's a couple times in life I've been really like Spanky. First time hearing Spanky in New York. I was, we were the same age. I just was inspired. And then when I heard Thomas Pridgeton, I was really depressed. Oh, <laughs> man, you, you might've been around the first time. Cause the first time I was, I was introduced to Thomas was at a GMWA. Yep. I want to say it was in new Orleans. Okay. I, I was there with, with Pastor. No, 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 no. Philly. Philly. See, that was the year before I started going. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it was Philly. And I remember Sput was there and Sput was, was telling me he was like he's saying Thomas Thomas I'm like who is Thomas? Yeah. He's like you don't know Thomas? You haven't heard Thomas? <laughs> and so we were so so I was in Philly at GMWA for like three four days. Yep. Chasing trying to find Thomas. Yeah. Me and Spud Spud's like you got to hear Thomas. You got to hear Thomas. Yeah. Finally one day me and Spud just walking in the ballroom and yep. and Thomas 
is just standing around talking to somebody. And he was like, Thomas, he ain't never heard you, man. You got to get it. And Thomas just gets on the drums, just gets on the drums. And I was like, Yo, Cal, I heard him play and I couldn't talk. Ask, ask Darnell. I, I couldn't talk for a good 10 minutes. I was yeah, in the bro. cab going back had, to the hotel. I was just mortified, bro. I had never, ever in my life yeah. heard anything like that. I was like, oh my God. But that night in Nashville, you know, I was there with me, Doobie, uh, Rasheen. We're all standing there and it's just like, oh my God. It was just so session. It wasn't that y'all was doing anything crazy. It just yeah. sounded like a record live. Sorry, like, that yeah. was amazing. So. Look, yeah. And we we were, man, that crew with, with Donald that he put together, for, for a bunch of those records with me, Maurice, Joey Wolfolk, Daniel Weatherspoon, yes, and, and Chris Morris. Mm -hmm. That was just a, man, that band was, I mean. Session. Definition of session. We had, so we had, we always had such a good time together and it just came, carried over into our musicianship. It just sure. carried over to the stage. We all, man, we did so much laughing yeah. and clowning with each other, but it, the camaraderie just really just carried over. I was going to ask you that. Talk about being camaraderie, how important that is. And then I have man. one more person to ask you about, but being camaraderie. Oh, man, I mean, I, I think you look at the, you look at the greatest bands and you, yeah. you, you go, those guys got to be really good friends. Yeah. You, you look at Joel and Kevin and and Jonathan, yeah, and David. You hear them talk about each other, man. Mm -hmm. You know those, those guys were brothers, and the still friends to this day. Yeah, still, still friends to this day. Yeah, the camaraderie that existed between those guys. You know, Kevin Brunson, Steve Huff, Percy Beatty, um, Al Willis, Richard Gibbs. Yes, come sir. on, man. <laughs> the camaraderie between those. I mean, and 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 being from Chicago. I know some people will tell you, oh, they don't get along. And, you know, yeah. brother, man, brothers go in and out. You're of course, so yeah. But I've seen those guys walk into a room and pick up their instruments and 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 it sound like they never stopped yeah, playing with they each never. other. <laughs> yeah. I remember one point I saw Steve, he hadn't played a bass. He was saying, Steve was saying, I hadn't played a bass in eight, nine years. Mm -hmm. And just picked up his bass and Kevin Brunson was on drums, Percy was on keys, and then Richard was on organ. And Al was on guitar. And it was just like, what eight years? Yeah, what eight, you know. Oh, um, so that was man. I mean, that was really. It's super important. It's super important. You look at the relationship between the guys, like, and I'm not saying it, it can't be. It, it doesn't need to be business. It's always yeah. got to be business. But I think the camaraderie, man, just spills over. That's what makes a really good man a great yeah. man. When those guys love each other, when they, there's brotherhood, yeah. because now you know what you're thinking. Me and Snoop would just laugh. Me and Maurice will just laugh Swole? at each other. Oh, like, me and Swole <laughs> oh, will my just God, laugh bro. at each other, complete each other's <laughs> ideas on our instruments. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I'll start one thing and Maurice finishes it. It's like, how did you know I was going to play that? People think we rehearsed it. That doesn't yeah. happen. Me and Swole do it all the time. Me and, but I, you know, I can't say enough to the band I was in where that thing was just the most dynamic was the last bread band, okay. which was myself, Lawrence Jones, Philip Feaster, and um, Snoop Evans, yes, Alex sir. Snoop Evans. I mean, mm -hmm. that band, man, I mean, we became brothers and it would be so crazy because it would be three or four conversations going on at one time. Philip and Lawrence answering each other, and then Lawrence and, and Snoop answering each other, and then me and Snoop answering each other, and then Philip and me answering each other, yeah. and then Fred and and Philip <laughs> answering each other, and then but and they never ran into nope. each other, you know what I'm saying? But and man, you know, huge shout out to Fred Hammond, who I learned so much from. Man. Talk about it. he was the next person on the list, so just let man, let, let I, Fred meet you, bro. Fred is the ultimate, bro. He is he is up here, man. So so much. I really thought I was going. I thought when I started working for Fred, with Fred Hammond, it was really about 
drums. It was about mm-hmm. music. It was about my career, man. That dude, he taught me about life, man. Yeah. That dude, he poured into my life like, he, yeah. he, you know, him him and his brother, Ray Hammond. Ray yes. Hammond him, him and Ray Hammond, man. I cannot imagine what my life would be like without wow. those two individuals. Man. That's amazing. I mean, Fred would just... And we would come to a studio session, we get ready to work, and Fred just come in and sense there's a heaviness here. Man, mm-hmm. you're dealing with Ooh, something. Yeah. Or he'll see, or he'll he'll be done heard me having a conversation and he'll just not want the pride, not wanting to be overwhelming, not want to be disrespectful, but he'll say, you know, Calvin, I was going through, I remember some years ago I was dealing with a situation mm. like this. Yeah, and man, I would just by by time the dude got done with me, man, I'd be in a corner balling, man. <laughs> you know, man, that dude, him and his brother prophesied over my life so much, man. Wow. He, and Fred was just super patient with me because yeah. again, you know, I had never had a gig as high profile as him when he made me his music director. Yes, but he was so patient with me. He esteemed me. He never gave up on me. He was patient with me. He showed. He taught me the importance of building a team. Yeah, he taught me the importance of using discernment. Yeah, he taught me the importance of of, of the Word of God. Man, to walk in the original face to face studios and see the scriptures on the wall yeah. that he wrote pages of life from. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, to walk in there, you could still feel the spiritual weight yeah. in that building, man. Um, seeing that man to, you know, and um, just being around him and his brother, man, and yeah. having them care for you, take you in like family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, man, it was just, it was crazy, man. Fred, that's, that's a person, man, that I can't, I can't put into words. Yeah. How much, you know, how, how much he means. I can't put a dollar amount on it if fred calls my phone i'm I'm like i'm there i yeah. don't i don't it doesn't even matter what, what we're talking about that's um, so dope to that's so dope to have to hear of a superstar artist because a lot of times you know as well that they don't have a good rapport with their, their crew they, they're selfish and you know they don't care about or pour back into their the people that work for them man i, I you know it has to be understood business yeah. is business right of course and people people have to handle business yeah but you know, it's up to us to make sure that we handle business as well. Talk about so it. So, man. man, you know, I can't be mad at a, I can't be mad if I walk into a store and a, and a jacket, this jacket costs $50 and I'm not smart enough to know that there's a markup, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. If, if I know that it costs $50 and I know you got it marked up for to $150, I'm not mad at you because you're in this business to make money. Right. It's up to me to say, I know where to get the jacket from for $50. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. So in business, it's up to me to say, Hey man, I've been with you for this long. Yeah. I was, and you know what I'm saying? People, people want to get mad all the time. I know money is a sensitive subject, It is, yeah. but it's gotta be talked about. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be talked about. So, you know, I have, and I've had the tough conversations with her. I've gone to Fred and say, man, I've been, been here this long, man. It's time for a raise. Mm-hmm. Money was never my motive, though. Yeah, money was never my motive. So when I became Fred's music director, I didn't take the pay increase that came along with that immediately. Mm-hmm. I didn't take the perks that came along with that immediately. My first order of business was to build a a, a band that he could depend and rely a on. Solid every unit, night. yeah. A solid unit, no matter. So he didn't have to turn around and say, "Can we do this?" Or mm-hmm. what, what y'all think? No, 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 no. I want him to from his entire catalog. Yeah, I want you to be able to go wherever you want to go at night. 
Yeah. I want you to have the freedom to worship and engage people in a way so that you are not bound, you're not chained at all. Yeah. That was my first order of business. Yeah. And then after I did that, okay, now, Fred, yeah. it's time to discuss business. <laughs> yeah. And we did so, you know what I'm saying? But you can't be mad at somebody. like Now, now where you're going to go wrong at is when people assume that money is your intentional motive. They, they're gonna, if they think money is your main objective, that's your main yeah. motive, and they're not saying productivity, mm. then they're going to be like... Then they'll no, judge you on that. You, they're going to judge you on that. On your and, performance, and likely, yeah. They, and likely they're going to go, oh, I can just get somebody else. Yeah, because there's always but, somebody younger and cheaper, right? Always somebody <laughs> younger and cheaper. But when you see... What, when you see that my objective and my main goal and focus mm-hmm. is productivity first, yeah, I'm gonna bring you. I'm I'm gonna better your product. I'm gonna yeah. better your band. I'm gonna better your sound. I'm gonna better your personnel. When you see that first, yeah, likely chances are likely you're gonna get what you asked for. Everybody doesn't have that though. Everybody doesn't have those morals to think that way to to be accountable to themselves and then also remember what they bring to the table. With so much language out here being spewed that you got to think money first, money first, money first, yeah. money first. I've never done anything for money. Yeah. I've never done anything for money. I heard you say that in another interview that you don't, you know, you weren't considering money first. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't do that yeah. because the moment you do that, you're going to compromise everything about the gift. You're going to compromise. You're going to play a gig that you don't want to play. You're going to work for an artist you don't want to work for. Yeah. You're going to, you know what I'm saying? You're going to get on a plane you don't want to get, get on. You're gonna play music that you don't enjoy. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I that happened. Want to do that. that happened in your your Robert Kelly days, right? I said it. I yeah, said yeah, it. Yeah. I, while I learned a lot, when I got done with that tour, everybody's telling me go to L.A. and find another R&B gig. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to play no more R&B music. <laughs> no more. R&B. I don't want to play it. I didn't. I did not enjoy it. Was it boring or just yeah, the, it the was, vibe? It was just. It just didn't. It didn't resonate didn't, with you. It didn't resonate with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that gig, I learned a lot. I don't want to say so. I don't, I'm, I'm not saying I didn't get anything from the gig. I learned so much from Rob and from Donnie. Wow, yeah. I learned so much. Was Rodney just, East on that gig a, too? Rodney East was yeah, there. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, I learned so much from those guys. I just, as a drummer, I was like, I don't want. I, I can do without that. Mm-hmm. And so, and everybody was like, "But man, you, you know, land a gig," and I'm like, I don't want to do that. I'm gonna yeah. go and I'm gonna go and I, I'm gonna I want to go and get records. And everybody like. No, they don't pay no money in, in, in gospel records. Yeah, and I was just but and if I was worried about money, yeah, then what would I have? You know what I'm saying? Right. Maybe I'd have a gig. Maybe I played a bunch of concerts and a bunch of tours, but my legacy wouldn't be what it is. No. And and, and 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 I always wanted. I wanted. It's always been about legacy for me. Yes, it, even before I knew it was about legacy. Right. Because the first time I heard Joel Smith, I I was I was emo. I was. I was overtaken by his legacy. Life was, I was changing. Over, life was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So his legacy grabbed me because I was like, this man is thousands of miles away from me. May <laughs> never, ever know me, but yeah. he has changed my life forever. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, and that was, that's his legacy. Right. That's his legacy now. So yeah. Yeah, man. That's dope. One last one, uh, John Key. <laughs> Pops, um, yeah. you know, um, again, taught me a lot. I remember when I got to Pastor John P. Key, again, like Maurice, he was taking a gamble on me because yeah. there were so many musicians that were waiting no tour with him at the yeah. time. 
And Maurice brought me to him, and he was just like, cool. I had never had it. I was, besides Ricky Dillard and mm-hmm. some jazz, um, some jazz tours, smooth jazz tours, I really wasn't, you know, and yeah. I had been in the studio maybe two or three times. Yeah. So I told John, John, Pastor Key said, you know, what do you want to do? I said, man, I want you to make me a studio drummer. I want you to yes. make me a, a recording musician. I want to record. And Pastor John P. Key said to me, you know how to play with a click. And I was like, I've probably played with one maybe two or three times. Mm-hmm. First thing he did was say, you got to get on. You got to learn how to play with a click. Ooh. Learn how to play a click. And he told me, he was the one that taught me, there's a difference between the way you play with a loop and the way mm-hmm. you play with a, with a click. Wow. So the first thing he did was start putting me in the studio. And John would just take songs and he would just take songs and just, here, put, put come come to Charlotte this weekend. Yeah. And and come to Charlotte this weekend, and and, and I'm gonna put you on song. John probably got 300 songs with me. I don't know if they Jeez, ever gonna come out. Wow! Just, just come in the studio. Let me live in the studio and get me playing the click, man. Yes, sir. You know, making teaching me how to change tape. You know what I'm saying? Well, he yeah. still had it real to real when I was when I first started <laughs> working with him. You right. know, but teach me about running cables again. Another one that just you know yes. showing me like, man, make, make yourself useful here in the studio. Learn learn something while you're here. Yeah, don't just sit around and wait for me to say, okay, we're ready to record drums. Right, and that was another thing that Donald did. You know, as a songwriter now, I man, I, the reason I, I I shout Donald Lawrence so much is because he allowed me the opportunities when I would get done with those records. I am healed record. Yeah, the, what was it called? Uh, I speak life. Mm-hmm. And I sat through most of those vocal sessions. Yeah. I stayed behind after the after the after the band sessions and just watched him do his thing with the vocals. Watch him cook. He allowed me to do that. Yeah. You know, and I would ask him questions about mm-hmm. man, how are you what are you basing the parts off of? Are you is this theory? Is this mm-hmm. sound? Is this just what's in your head? Yeah. So, you know, and he and he talked to me and let me know, man. And I'm telling him, I'm, okay, I'm struggling with hearing this. Is it because I'm not a keyboard player? He's like, You ain't gotta play keyboard. What yeah. you have to understand this is how you build it. This is where you yeah. start at. Yeah. So uh, yeah, man. Uh, Pastor Chompy Key, uh, uh, all the people you named, man, yeah. are people that were so pivotal. And I can't really, I don't know the right words to say that, to say, oh, they did this or they did that, man, because okay. they were just so, they were so pivotal and so yeah. important to what I did, taught me so much, man. Oh, so I did I did good. I picked some good names. Man, some great names. Some great names. Yeah. Dope, let's go. Uh, uh, there, were, <laughs> there, weren't, there weren't no drummers in there. <laughs> no, no, because I wanted to know from the ministry side and, and then the people gotcha. you work with professionally, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I just want, I wanted to hear that side. Um, yeah. Um, did you go through any scrutiny for choosing to do secular coming from church? No, I didn't, man. No, Bishop Trotter. I remember when I, I remember when I got the R. Kelly gig. I was getting ready to leave on tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear it, Sweet Holy Spirit, while I'm at right now in my office. Nice. Um, uh, Bishop Trotter calling me down to the front, praying for me, laying his wow. hands on me, and telling the church, you know, don't y'all, don't y'all talk about him, don't wow. y'all say nothing about him because he's doing this. This is a gift that God has gave him, and it's allowed him to go before great men. Yes, sir. And, you know, we're going to cover him and pray for him while he's out on the road, that he will be protected, that he won't mm. get into nothing crazy. Wow. So, you know, once I had that affirmation, man, I was really OK. The mm. hardest part of it was, you know, my parents, yeah. because they just were not. My dad just didn't. He just he didn't. come. I mean, he, he came, <laughs> my dad came to the R. Kelly show. We played in Chicago. He came to the show. He left about halfway through it. <laughs> And his thing, and my dad's thing was R. Kelly's supposed to be a preacher. He was like, man, he's supposed to be preaching. He up there singing about sex. He preaching about sex. He, he's singing and sounding like a preacher, but he talking about women. And he talking yeah. about sex. He was, uh, 
my dad that was the generation my dad was the same way. My dad left my wedding reception halfway through when we, when the party started. But <laughs> <laughs> I had this one funny story about I took my dad out to eat one time, man. I I, I wanted to take my dad and we was all we were steak lovers. Yeah. And so I took my dad, I'm like, man, I wanted to take you out to get a nice steak, man. So I'm thinking, yeah. I'm like, man, check out some places, look up some places, maybe we'll go there. I'm thinking you don't hit me with a with a, a roof Chris or yeah. you know a, a Frisco's a, a or something. Del Frisco's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Smith and Walensky. He like, right. man, we gonna go to Texas Roll House. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, we, so I'm like Texas Roll House, man. Come on, dog. I I can do better than that right yeah. now. Like I, like I'm good right now, man. Let's see. He was good. We go to Texas Roll House. He gets a, he, he we come in, he sits down. I mean, well, we come in, he puts his coat down, he goes to the restroom. Waiter comes over and is like, Hey, you know, can I take a drink or I'm like, Man, um, let me get a, a daiquiri or yeah. a, a pina colada, something right, like that. Right, right. Man, and so uh, my old man comes back to the table when the waiter comes back, he sits the drink down, and he goes, What's that? He's, he's got a pina colada, and he's like, Okay, yeah, uh, that's virgin, right? <laughs> I, I want one too. He said, No, his is not virgin. Oh, I, I know he got. I know that's not. I know, no, 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 no. They ain't got no alcohol in it. So I'm like, yo, man, I, it's a pina colada. Like, dude, like, he's like, I don't. I'm like, man, I'm grown. I got kids. Like, bro, I, I don't live in your house. Right. I don't care where you live. I don't care how grown you is. You better take that with yes, alcohol sir. in it back. So I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, man. Gotta love, up, love old them, school, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, love and miss our fathers, man. Shout yeah. out to their memory, man. Oh man, let's let's talk about the stage, man. Um, let's talk about your pre-show ritual on the road. What do you do before a show? Man, that can all depend on uh, who I'm with, you know. Okay. Um, uh, right now I'm touring with Isleys, so mm -hmm. uh, with the Isley Brothers. So you know, pre-show ritual is usually after you know the sound check. Mm -hmm. uh, Go to the hotel, I chill out for a little while, grab some meat, come back to the venue, um, relax a little bit. I, I, I've always made the practice to go and hear the opening artists, just kind of okay. check the temperature of the room. You do that with gospel as well. I, yeah, I say, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Especially when I was, Fred was all about that. So, right, right, right. You know, when I would go and talk to Fred before the show, he wanted, he wanted to report. Yeah. What's the crowd like? What's mm -hmm. the energy like? Are they sitting? Are they up? Are they mm -hmm. are they relaxed? Are they hyped? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that was all based on, you know, going to determine whether or not we went out there and played a show yeah. or if he was going to go out there and tap, take him to church or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was with Fred. With with the Isleys, you know, I, I before about when they once the last act goes on stage, uh, I go and change my put my show clothes on and I go and talk to Ronald and Ernie. Yeah, uh, I go and talk to Ronald, see if he's got any changes. Let him know how long the show is going to run. If we got a sixty or seventy minute, mm -hmm. uh, go over set list with him very, very briefly. If we got a sixty minute show, this is what I'm, you know, handing them. If we got a seventy minute show, seventy five, this is what I'm handing them, and just saying, you know, this is what we usually do. You want to take anything out of there? Cool. Um, we'll talk about, you know, entrances and outros, and then that's yeah. it. I go and then I, from there I go and report. What I got from him to Ernie, mm -hmm. and then uh, I go to the to band room, try to warm my hands up real quick, you know, yeah. do that, and then uh, get the band. I go out to the I'll go out to the stage first, make sure Pro Tools and everything is working, and I get the band out there. 
uh, we get on stage, we say prayer. You know, yeah. I don't care where who I'm playing with. You know, I pray before every show yeah. with the guys. Uh, we pray, and then that's that's pretty much it. We go from there, man. Yep, that's dope. So you have an ex- a crazy memory, right? So how do you go about retaining the material, man? Nowadays, um, I just I I do a lot of studying. Okay, you know. And so when I, was, when I was, right? yeah, just yes, autumn, just listening. Yeah. Um, uh, when I was, when I was younger, it was like, once I played it, it was in. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I, once I played it and once you finalize what it was going to be, I play it down one time and it just, it was saved to the hard drive. Wow. Now, <laughs> little, I just did a session in, uh, I did a live recording in South Africa a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And it was 20 songs. Oh. 20 songs and so man i was really like nervous like yeah i'm like man 20 songs <laughs> so i was living with that music man you know yeah. i just you know just living with it. so uh that's that's what it is for me now you know but i but i've also also always kind of learned that way okay. very rarely do i get behind the drums like somebody you, you know i gotta learn some music very rarely do i get behind the drums um now i i, I filled in for um uh, CJ Thompson with Pastor Key this summer, earlier this summer. I saw that video, and i i had I had to get behind the drums on that, like, yeah, because that's a that's a very Pastor Key has always had a demanding show for drummers. For drummers, yeah, always course, been very yeah. demanding, very high energy, and some of that some of that stuff, man. The the way that CJ Thompson and Gabe yes. that was playing that show, <laughs> like I had I had a. Uh, Live shows from both of them. Some of the way they was getting through that music, I was like, <laughs> right, Christ. <laughs> so I mean, I just hadn't had to challenge myself that way yeah. in years. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you know, I got behind the drums. Morgan came over to my house. Be like, I, I picked Morgan up because I was coming back. I, I landed straight from the airport, and I went and grabbed Morgan from. I, I came from the airport, and I went through downtown and picked Morgan up from from the oh. outdoor park. Yeah, and then we just—I was like, "You got to come to my house with me and just yeah, work with me through play it." So we played it down once or twice, you know, and then so. But uh, yeah, for the most part, I've always been one to just internalize everything. Just so just repetitive listening, yeah, repetitive listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wow, because with those like Aaron intros and outros, man, all that crazy stuff. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, and some of that stuff, you know, like I'll go do sessions with Aaron. Sometimes he'll send me something. You know, but a lot of times it's just like I mean, get in the studio and we create it together. Know, yeah, no, not create it together, okay. but just he'll play it for me and just you know we'll we'll take take a, uh, take a little bit of time and figure yeah. out what the approach to is, get it down. Okay. What we want to do, what what what, what approach we want to take with the intros. Um, the never again intro, right? Like yeah. we were done with the song, we were yeah. done with the song, Whoa. and then Aaron was like, "Man, give me a a two bar intro, just." Yeah. Play whatever you want and play these accents at the end. So the song was finished. I had recorded it. Yeah. And Aaron was just like, Calvin, before we go, just give me, give me a, a intro. We'll just play, you know, then whatever two bars and going into those accents. And I'm like, what is it? A solo? And you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, man, I don't know. You know, just fill and then fill it up. And then you know, after a couple of takes, we we landed with. You know, we landed with what the part was, the pair that little starting on a hi hat thing, and we landed on that. And we just we went from there, and then we then we then I tracked it. Yeah. So that was the last thing we did on that song. Wow! So because it was just coming in like one, two, da, 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 da. so it was yeah. kind of doing that, you know. But 
Let's check that out. Let's check that out. That's great. And that was written by uh, James and my 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 brother Dion Kipping. Yeah, Dion Kipping. Yeah. yeah, so that's yeah. my partner. Definitely, yeah. man. Dion is um, an incredible songwriter, man. We we gonna get there. We are gonna get there. I got yeah. some history for for us to go through. So real quick, um, what's a common common mistake that musicians make on the road? Something you know, to get you sit get you sent home. <laughs> probably becoming way, way, way too familiar with with the personnel. Yeah. Not 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 having any business or professional acumen. Yeah. Um, you know, you gotta realize, you know, when you act when you put demands on people, demands are gonna be put on you. Of course. So, you know, when you telling people I need this and I need that and I need that and I need this, you know, there's gonna be some expectations also. And a lot of times they ain't gonna just be, oh, just being incredible on drums. Yeah. You start telling people that you need a business class seat and you need your own hotel room. People don't say, okay, well, I need you to make sure you're on time for lobby call. Mm. You can make sure you're on time for sound check. I need you to make sure you don't miss a flight. Yeah. You need to make sure that you know all of the music when we send it to you, mm-hmm. you know, so. Um, but common mistakes, you know, something that gets you sent home, I think, becoming too familiar with personnel. The other thing is just uh, blowing through money. Okay. You know, the other thing, the, that's the, I don't think that's more common than the first one, you know, because really? we always, we a lot of times we count money before we get it. Yeah. You know, Ooh. and we don't realize every time, you know, somebody says, oh man, I'm about to send you this or I'm about to do that. Man, I've had people. I've had people call me and say, man, I'm sending you 10 songs right now, and they, they 10 songs, and I'm I'm paying you your rate for each one. And I'm going, man, 10 songs, that's, oh, man, okay, cool. Yeah, that's let's do it. five grand. Like, I'm yeah. good. You know, and then I end up texting them, hey, man, never got the songs. Yeah. <laughs> the text message, <laughs> nothing. Phone like drive, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, convention <laughs> talk. So, um, but yeah, that, you know, blowing through money, man, you, just, you know, the thing is, is, you know, you want to get, you want, I, I tell guys all the time, you know, I, I, I'm so transparent because I don't, I don't want guys to make mistakes on that. Yeah. So save your money. You know, mm-hmm. I know you're going to think you got more money coming in. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. I was in my tour. I was in the middle of R. Kelly. We were getting, supposed to be on our way to Africa after mm-hmm. we left Europe. Yeah. And all that crazy stuff happened with him and the tour got shut down, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, you, you never be, know, man. Yeah. Be prepared. Yeah, be a good yep. steward over your money. Be a good steward. Yeah. Yep. Name three things that are in your gig bag. Uh, in my gig bag, uh, phone charger, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> phone charger, computer, uh, hard drive. Dope. Yeah. Um, who are you endorsing right now? Uh, man, Pearl Drums. Uh, Minel cymbals, Minel stick and brush, yes, Remo drum head, slap clats, drum dampening, uh, and Empire ears, SE microphones. Yes, go. Yeah, man. Uh, what genre do you love playing the most? Got to be gospel, right? Got man, you know it, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I mean, of course, 
I grew up in this music. I grew up in this. I grew up the connection to this music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Christian, you know, and it's easy for me to get lost in that music, man. Of course, you know, yeah. it's, it's so easy for me to 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 find a place of worship in that music. You mm-hmm. know, that's just that's that's man. It's it's my favorite, but I enjoy. I do love country music too, man. Oh, definitely. I like it. I like the. I like I like the simplicity of it. I love the emphasis on the tones. Yeah. yeah. Uh I love the emphasis on the drum tones and I like the stories they tell, man. You yeah. know, and the clack because really, you know, a lot of country music is about the same thing, broken heart or beer yeah. or whiskey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but they, they they're creative about the ways they tell the stories and yeah. you know, the players are always great, man. It's a it's the perfect example of uh of of music that's not complicated detailed you know not yeah. overplayed you know what i'm saying but emphasis focused on part playing and and unit yeah. you know people playing the same thing being a band being uniform being so, a band yeah a lot of people from our culture are starting to dabble in in country a lot more a lot of yeah, players man. are moving over to that side yeah I, and, and the bag is <laughs> the bag is, is nice oh, i'm too. sure the bag is nice i'm sure yeah yeah that's dope so, so for with all your victories right with all your success have you ever had a crash or burn that you can share? Oh man, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I, I can, I, I mean, I consider the first Ricky record I played on a crash. Oh, you had the gloves with the little dub. Yeah, man. I just, I consider <laughs> that man um, a crash. That was, burn, a, man. That, was, that was dope. Dude. I mean, it was, it was. I, I think it was more so impressive because of how young I was. But, but it was that era, yeah. right? It was. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got attributed to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a lot of that, but I mean, when I think about like, man, we didn't use drum loops on a lot of those songs. A lot of those songs, I played way too fast. It was adrenaline, man. I've been there, man. To be fifteenth at a live session in your city, dog. Forget it. You hype. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, and and man, thankfully, you know, Ricky again, Ricky. That's another person, Ricky Dillard. Absolutely, super patient with me. Gave me an opportunity after the after that album. Yeah. Made me let let me be the only. I was the, the next record I played with him. I was the only drummer. I split that record, a Hallelujah record, with two other drummers. Wow. The the worked it out record and the mm. the records I played with him after that. You know, I was it was me on there. You yeah. know, so um, but Crash Burn, yeah. Uh, maybe my second show with Pastor John Key, I think we were in uh, somewhere in upstate New York. Yeah. Man, it was this crazy story. Like, um. Liddell was on that date playing with okay. Karen Clark. Wow. And I remember man, those days. Was, well, IP. Yeah. Yeah. Ollie yeah. Craig. Yeah, man. Um, the, the guy who used to play keys at Pastor Marijuana's church, Anton. I can't okay. remember his last name. Bad dude. Um, but man, I could not. Man, Liddell whooped up on these drums so bad. And this was my second, like my second or third show with John. Yeah. And Liddell was in there on drums. And when I walked in, Karen was giving Liddell a solo on Heaven. Oof. And man, he was stomping them mud hollering <laughs> them drums. And bro, I was just like, I got on the drums and I was just super nervous. I just froze up. I I forgot the songs. I forgot oh, like Pastor like, oh, Key started called out I do worship and I was playing it like double time, I was playing play <laughs> halftime. And man, Pastor Key was. I remember after the show, I just had a horrible show. Rain on us was horrible. Yeah, I just that was it was. I sound like Bongo Billy or something, man. 
And Pastor Key was like, uh, we got on the bus. Pastor Key was like, yeah, I'm sure you was a little bit nervous tonight because Liddell was there. He's like, uh, you get a pass. Yeah. That can never happen again. Ooh. When it's time to show up, yes, I mean, you better show up yeah. or you're going to be on a bus home. What did that do to you, man? What? How did that make you feel? Woke me up real quick. Yeah. Really quick. Yeah. The next time he told me, the next time he had a conversation with me like that was we were getting ready to, we were getting ready to do Bobby Jones at, uh, at, at what's, what's the, what's the, the theme park out there in Virginia. Uh, oh, 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 man. Uh, uh, King, King, uh Bush Garden, Bush Gardens, or no, is it the, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. King, 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 Dominion. King, King's Dominion. King's Dominion. Yeah. Um, Pastor Keith said, all right, he got, he, we get ready to get off the bus or before we get ready to pull up to the, to the venue. He said, all right, I just found out they taping Bobby Jones here tonight. Mm. So TV. we gonna be, he said, this going to be on TV. And I mean, y'all better make it count. <laughs> we doing rain on us and we doing mighty God. Wow. Y'all better make it count. Come on, boy. That was that was it. Yeah, and he he told us he said I'm getting the tapes as soon as we get off. Man, sure. <laughs> I was telling I told Kevin Randolph I was like I hope you got your together. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Kevin Randolph, the legend. Oh, little Tony, man, he was little Tony was so unbothered. Yeah, <laughs> little Tony was like, man, whatever, let's go, let's, let's go, little Tony. And he got look, Tony was 19 years old, man. Crazy. Reckless. Another Chicago. Not Tony a Russell. Another man. Killing it with Kendrick Lamar now, right yeah. now. Yeah. On Live a solo tip. Just, studio. Yeah. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. Amazing. You gotta help me get him on this on the pod, man. Absolutely. I've been to trying to reach Tony. out to him. I talked to Lil Tony last night. I talked yeah. to him that they were completing their last show of the tour, 77 shows. Wow. We were on the phone last night. He was in New Zealand. Literally, yeah. I talked to him last night. And uh, man, that dude is—he is killing it, man. He's yeah. killing it. And and the a brother that really you look at it, man. I mean, statistically, there's he wasn't supposed to be where he is, man. Mm. You know, came from the west side of Chicago, yep. in rough neighborhoods, man. Was a, and Tony was a street dude too, man. Yeah. Wow. You know, and um, but man, all that he's accomplished and the and the person he is. I mean, just to have the conversation that I have with him sometimes is a little bit mind blowing because yeah. I remember even the, how rough he was around the edges when he got to pass the key. Yeah, you know, he was still, he was still, he still kind of had one foot in, one foot out. I'm <laughs> sure, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, just to see where he is now in life and what God is doing for him, how God is using him, man, he's become. You know, absolutely it's incredible, great yeah. dude. Yeah. So com coming from the gospel era, right? Where and now you're moving into professional because the the world has started to recognize you as a yeah. as a independent figure as an artist. Um, how do you feel about them labeling us as gospel drummers? Um, you know, I I know everybody gets a little 
tricky with the whole gospel drumming thing. And I, I've, I've heard guys saying, I don't want, don't, don't call me no gospel drumming. Don't call me no gospel drumming. I'm like, yeah. well, everything you know, you learn from the church. You ain't yeah. been in nobody's school. So right. how you telling somebody don't call you no gospel drummer? You know what I'm saying? Well, that's pretty much what you are. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I grew up in church. Yeah. And pretty much everything I know, I got yeah. here. Right. My, my, my gospel drumming, this gospel drummer mm -hmm. has shared the stage with plenty of gospel artists yeah. and plenty of non-gospel artists. Yeah. I'm a gospel drummer that, that tour with Shaka Khan. Yes, I tour with the Isley Brothers. I tour with Aretha Franklin. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I tour with Ramsey Lewis. Yes, All sir. from what I learned in the church. Yes, sir. It shows you the importance of the church, shows you how, because the church gives you the opportunity. I mean, where can you get on the job training? Like you get yeah. a church, bro. Yeah. No, for real. I just, did you see the video I posted on my page? Big said, oh, well, he's not Big said anymore, but said from New Jersey, he's playing with Patty. He's filling yeah. in for Eric Seats. But he's singing background, bro, and playing drums with Pat, like doing a duet. Yeah. I was like, yo, there's nobody in the, on the planet that can do that other than a church musician that would be able to play, do fills, sing harmony, watch his tone, his timing, everything. You you can't get that from anywhere else but the church, bro. Man, I, I mean, the first time I saw anything like that was when I when I saw like Phil Collins back in the eighties. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know. But I mean, when you think about us, yes. where we get that from? Because because you know, the other guys, they get it from growing up playing in the clubs and mm -hmm. the rock bands and stuff right. like that, some of them. You know, but even the ones that they don't grow up with a natural ability, you know what I'm saying? Even mm -hmm. if they can't sing, they're not interested in it. No. You know, us, you know, we 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 most of the time we had to be whatever was needed. We had to fill in the blanks. Yep. So that's how a lot of drum, a lot of keyboard players that started off as drummers yes. had to move the keyboard because there was no keyboard player. No keyboard you know player church, yeah. You know, the, you know what I'm saying? So, or a lot of the bass players started off as drummers and then yeah. moved to something else, you know? So, um, yeah, man, I, I mean, the church, uh, the on the job training yeah. is, is unmatched. really, it's, it's unmatched. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and um, man, so I, you know, people saying you're a church drummer, I I don't get caught up in labels and titles, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, if I wanted to go there, just check my resume out. Does my resume say I'm a church drummer? You know, and yeah. I don't mind it, man, I, because I know that that was my training ground. Yeah. Everything I learned, I learned at the church. You're Everything not trying to I be know, anything you're not. Yeah, I ain't trying to be really... nothing I'm not. Yeah, and, you know, there's this, and and to me, to be honest. That's what the problem is. A lot of people are, mm. you know, they're so caught up in trying to be something that you're trying to prove that you're something else. Yeah. It's like, man, you, you ain't got nothing to prove. We know you bad, bro. Yeah. We know you're incredible. If you're patient, wait your time. Mm. You won't have to say anything to anyone. Right, right, right. You won't have to say anything to anyone. Yeah. This is episode 10 of the In the Pocket podcast with my friend and brother, Mr. Calvin Rogers, man. Mr. Yeah, Session bro. himself. Man, I am so grateful that you're here, bro. I'm going to. Uh, bring it to a close. I, I do have some highlights that I want to uh, share with you about some of your your, your dope records. But um, what was your favorite tour? Festival, the second, uh, second Festival of Praise, 2015. Okay. That was my favorite tour. Uh, Fred Hammond, Israel Houghton, Hezekiah Walker. That was crazy. Isaac Carey, Kim Burrell, Jessica Reedy, Zacardi freaking Cortez. Cortez. Yes, sir. Monster. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Monster. 
every single night. Yeah, killer. Every single night, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Fred and Fred Hammond, man. Uh, that was an amazing, was amazing. tour. Trent yeah. Phillips, Woo. Philip Feaster, Lawrence, Snoop. Yeah. Man. Squad. Man, that was, I mean, the band was great. I mean, there was so many. And Donnie, Pastor Donnie McClurkin. Donnie too, McClurkin, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I think, because I think Hez, I think Hez and on that tour, Hez and Israel like swapped in and out. Um, I think that's what it was. Yeah. But man, uh, no, that tour, man, that yeah. was, I mean, it was a great tour. The way we worked it with everybody coming in and out of material, instead of we doing Israel coming out and me and Fred going out and so on. So we, and we, we just did it where everybody was all wrapped yeah, up. And we just made... It's that we just made it make sense from a song perspective. Right. So thematically, we made it make sense. So when we in high praise here, then it makes sense for us to do a Fred song and an Israel song. It don't necessarily mm -hmm. mean we got to do a Fred song and a Head song and an Israel yeah. song. We did it according to what made sense That's to amazing. give the people the yeah. most uh, engaging encounter. And so yeah. then when it's, so when it was time to worship, if we had a Pastor Donnie McClurkin song and an Israel song and a Fred song, we may not have a a uh, 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 head song, but when right. it was time for us to go to church and we wanted the heart engage, then we put on the "I Need You to Survive" and yeah. grateful, yeah. and then you know, and the no weapon, you know, and the Donnie McClurkin stand, you know, what I'm yeah, saying yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So that was that 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 was what made it great, man. Put them set lists together, dog. Yes, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what was your favorite live recording? I man, I want to say my favorite live recording. Probably was Martha Menezi No Limits. Really? That was one of my favorite records, man. Wow. That Mar Martha Menezi No Limits. There's another record that I know I want to say probably has to be, um, probably got to be Fred's Free to Worship DVD. Okay. Um, that. Those two albums, and uh, man, if I had to name three, there's there's one more, a record that I just I just probably just loved, but it's it's I can't think of what it would be. Okay. Those two for sure, Martha yeah, Menezes, Fred Hammond, Free to Worship Live. So I got to see you live. I think it was the year two thousand at the uh, Memphis for Kimberell's live recording. Yeah. At uh it was you and Sput, and I was super swole because um, you know, two of my favorite drummers were there, and uh that was at Bishop Gilbert Patterson's church. It was during yep. the Holy Convocation. I remember everybody was in town. It was you, it was Reese, it was Bali, it was Jermaine, mm. it was Sean, Sean Martin. Sean Martin. I was Natural. right there. Natural, that's right. Yeah. So um and what's Fausto? Yes, yes, yes. And yeah. so that that was an amazing, amazing time. I think I even bootlegged the recording on cassette that night, <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure I came home with something. But yeah, the, yeah. The, I, that was my probably my first time seeing a live session. It started kind of late. I remember everybody was coming in. Started, it was, started late, and we had to be done by a certain time because they had like communion that night. <laughs> yeah, we had to come back to church that night. That's right. Yeah. It was Sunday. Sunday afternoon or something like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was a dope experience. I had never seen anything like that. So. Uh, so that really opened my eyes. Yeah, man. Spud, Spud got me on that. On that, Spud and Maurice made that happen because Kim Kim talked to me about that record while I was. I remember I was in Houston playing with Pastor Key. Kim sent yeah. a note up to the drums. It was like, call me, and I was just like, uh, okay. I hit her up. She told me she's I'm doing my album, and I'm supposed to do 
two drum kits. It Oof. was supposed to be Sput and Chris Day, but Chris is mm. going out with main condition. Right. So um, I want you to be on the drums. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I got, the, and then I popped up with these R. Kelly dates, and I was like, mm. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, and then some of the R. Kelly dates went away. Like I was, mm-hmm. I remember being in New York talking to Maurice and being like, man, the rest of these R. Kelly dates fell off. Like we're not doing them. And he was like, so what you going to do? I'm not going to go home. He's like, hold on. And he, he gave the phone to like Sput or Sput called me. Yeah. And Sput was like, so you going to be in the crib? I'm like, yeah, they, they were in rehearsal already. Yeah. I was like, bro, come to Memphis. Yeah. I'm like, where he like come to Memphis. So wow. I got, I, I, I got on the plane. I, I think I, I got on the bus and went home to Chicago with, with Rob. We were on a tour bus, I believe. Mm-hmm. Went on the tour bus, went home, and went home, grabbed a small bag, packed the bag, and then went to Memphis. Wow. I got to Memphis like a few days and caught the, caught the tail end of that record. So the the rumor is that the session rehearsals are like were crazier than the, than the, than the album. That's what the word on the street is. Gotta find, man. Maurice got him somewhere, and Maurice has had, had him on mini discs. Yeah, and he was saying we we talk every time I talk about this record, we we talk about he was like, man, I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm gonna take I gotta take a day and look for that stuff. I gotta go yeah. through them. I gotta find my mini disc player. Right, first right, right. Maurice has the mini disc rehearsals and the rehearsals, bro. Man, um, one day in the rehearsal, the night before the session, they were playing. We were we were finishing. Uh, uh, Holy Spirit, right? Holy Ghost, Holy yeah. Ghost. Man, um, and we we ended the song, and then Sean Martin just he's got his eyes closed and he just starts going back to that vamp. That's where those key changes came from. On the yeah. Yes. That's where it came from. Cause Sean was wow. played played it one night in the rehearsal and they was just like everybody just standing there. It was kind of like um I was watching I was watching on YouTube the um the snarky puppy thing. Yeah. And I was and Sean was just playing, everybody just like Jameson Jameson Ross at the at the end of one of them songs, Jameson just standing there on the drums like, whoa. <laughs> And it was the same way with Sean. We was all wow. just standing there, like, "What is happening?" Like, "Whoa, oh my god!" He was standing there playing. He was just playing strings with his eyes closed, and Sput is just standing there, like, "What in the world?" <laughs> I'm like, "What in the world?" Bali's like, "What is going on?" Reese is like, "What's Kim is standing there?" And then nobody really knew yeah. what to do. And then so he just started playing it. And then Kim was like, "All right, we're gonna. I guess we we we're gonna key change yeah. in this song." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I remember Melanie Daniels was there singing man, background. Melanie, there was an all star Gerard yeah. and his wife. Yep, yeah, man, it was crazy. And, Kim's and sisters, yeah, yep. So, tell yeah. me, I, there's a funny story about this session of with a turtleneck. Maurice is going to kill me if I tell this story <laughs> one more time. Bro. I need it, man. So, somebody, Sheree put up a song the other day, and Sheree put up a song, and he's got this funny video up, and at the, in, the, in the video, he put up the song called Fun People, 
And in the video, it has a, he, the video for the song has a still image of me and Sheree during the interview where I told the story. That was one of the greatest interviews ever, bro. <laughs> I literally cried from the beginning to the end. <laughs> Man, so I mean, really, pretty much the story goes like me and Maurice went. We went to the mall, try to find something to wear for the uh, for for the recording and. This is the Kimberrell recording in Memphis. The Kimber, the Kimberrell recording in Memphis, and I was just like, um, I'm like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear, I'm, I'm gonna wear, I, I ain't gonna dress like chill like drummers do, you know. I ain't gonna wear, you know. I had, I had kind of gotten away from that, um, intentionally gotten away from like doing the whole sweats and jeans yeah, and t-shirts yeah. thing, and so I was like, no, I'm, I'm gonna buy me a sweater. So I go and see these sweaters. And I, I picked up this like purple turtleneck, and I'm like, oh, I got some, I got these Kenneth Cole jeans. I'm gonna wear it with this, and you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna wear this sweater. And Maurice is like, man, I'm gonna get one too. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like bro, why would you do that? <laughs> and he was legit serious, and he bought the turtleneck, and we came downstairs to go to the recording, and both of us. <laughs> wearing turtleneck, and, and it didn't even make any sense because ain't ain't the convention in like it's in it's in like it's not in 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 it's like in in the summertime, but it's no, it's November, after, it's November, it's, it's November. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so maybe it was a little chilly. I mean, it was Memphis. I don't know. You, you know, but all the Koji ladies was wearing minks and stuff, so it was it was man, a little chilly. I was like, what? But you know, that was a thing with me and Maurice though like you know Maurice just giving me a, anything I was if I was buying it would just be it was mostly me and Joey Wolfolk but it was kind of anybody that Maurice was around if he sees yeah. something on Maurice man that's it. a bad sweater man <laughs> and you'll see Maurice the next week he had the same sweater on you know what I'm saying Yo, yeah, I, I literally have left gigs if I saw somebody with the same shirt on as me. I was in GMWA and Dwayne Wright had the same shirt as me. I man. went all the way back to the hotel. To yes, yes. Maurice, man, he, I mean, he, he did that to me on so many occasions. The one that was just, I, I don't know. I don't know that I was really angry at Maurice of the Kimberell thing. I just thought I was like, that's a little weird for you to know that I'm wearing this shirt and you wear the same one. That's, that's, that, that I wasn't angry. I was angry when we were in LA at Notchberry Farm. And the Jordan jersey? The, the Jordan jersey. <laughs> I had the Jordan jersey. I was angry then. Because he had he essentially went up. He was dressed. He was dressed already. And he went upstairs. And you know, like when I was, you know, Fred was the Fred was the king of Fred introduced the whole relaxed look to you yeah, know the church because yeah. you know they were they were wearing baseball caps on stage yeah, right. they were, you know so so a, a dressed up gig for Fred was jeans and a button up yeah. like the, you didn't really see Fred and them coming out with suits and you know they weren't doing robes like Hez and them was doing or Ricky yeah. and them was doing they was doing you know they was very very chill but when I came there they weren't dressing quite as relaxed but right. I was. 24, 25 years old. So that sweater was legendary, bro. The, 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 because <laughs> you kept. I was there. You kept pulling your sleeves up. Yeah, I kept. Like, I said, why? Why would he wear a sweater? Why would I? Not, why would I wear a better that? Why would I wear a sweater that big anyway? It was. It was the time though. The Carl Thomas yeah. sweater. You know, the K yeah. in the front and all that. So it was, yeah, man. It was the I'm emotional Qu sweater. Quinn. 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
Quinn Quinn made that thing look so cool, man, because it was yeah. just like it would almost be like the sweater was like over his hand, so you just see sticks yes. just hanging out of his, yeah. like yeah, man. So yeah. annoying, man. That is crazy. Oh yeah. man. Let's play a game called Rapid Fire. Rapid I'm fire. gonna ask okay. Rapid Fire. I'm gonna ask you a question either or and you just tell me what your purpose is. Okay. All right. New York or LA? New York. Okay. Logic or Pro Tools? Pro Tools. Okay. London or Paris? London. Okay. In-ears or headphones? In-ears. Now, I know you have a signature stick, but 5A or 5B? 5A. 5A. Is it like an extreme? Is it longer? 5A extreme, yep. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, Brooklyn pizza or Chicago-style pizza? I'm going to get in trouble, Doc. Why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) And they just, oh, man. It it depends on where it's from, bro. Come on. Because, oh, man. I, 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 I gotta go Chicago deep dish. I gotta go Chicago, Chicago deep dish. I, I have to. I can't. I can't, <laughs> can't leave my even Chicago car. My, 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 <laughs> my son was giving me a hard time about Chicago last night. So if I fight, if he saw that and told me say New York, so got you. Chicken Chicago. or fish? Chicken or fish? Fish. Fish. Okay. Uh, Nike or Adidas? <sighs> Nike. Okay. Uh, Mexican food or Italian food? Italian food. Okay. Showtime Lakers or Kobe and Shaq Lakers? Kobe and Shaq. Okay. Uh, Atlanta or Houston? Houston. Jamaica or Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico. Canada or Mexico? Canada. Lakers or Bulls? (laughs) Why? Lakers. Lakers. I don't care. Lakers. I mean, we know. It's, It's evident. I'm just making you state the obvious. That's all. AD or Derrick Rose? D Wade or Isaiah Thomas? Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Delta or JetBlue? Delta. Delta. <laughs> Japan or Australia? Japan. Japan. White Sox or Cubs? White Sox. White Sox. Snapbacks, hats, or fedoras? Fedora. Okay. Um, coats and boots or sneakers and shorts? Coats and boots. Like layering up. Okay. Um, do you enjoy making the song or performing the song? Making the song. Making the song. Okay. Yeah. That's dope. Um, when was the last time you had a session with everybody in the room? A month ago. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Three days? Three days ago? Okay. Everybody was present. Session. I did a session in my studio for uh, uh, production that Philip was working on. Me okay. and Philip and Maurice. All together, three guys in the room, Cut which doesn't scene. happen almost. In no, <laughs> before that, uh, I was just ready to say Fred Hammond. I went to Fred. I went to Dallas with Fred okay. about a month ago, okay. and I was just I was telling him like this this doesn't really happen anymore. People yeah. not doing this no more. Yeah. Does it feel different? It's a it's um, a better feeling, or it's a, it's a different energy now. Yeah, with with it because it doesn't happen. People are so foreign to people, so when it happens, people are just you almost gotta calm everybody down. <laughs> it's like, man, we, we're here with it together. Like yeah. everybody just wanna get everything out. You know, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, do you prefer like, prefer playing in sneakers or dress shoes? Uh I prefer playing playing in dress shoes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, early mornings or late nights? Both. Can I say both? I can say yeah, yeah say both. both. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then my last one is character or skill. Character. 
character. Can you elaborate why? Well, yeah, because you can have an amazing skill set. You can have an amazing skill set, and a lot of us do. Um, but with the lack, no character. If, I mean, you might the skill set doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll say this. <clears throat> I had a guy I did a studio session for a number of studio sessions for him and he was telling me about I'm not going to call his name but he was telling me about another well-known drummer who he hired to do a number of studio sessions for him took his money didn't pay him mm. and I mean take, took his money and didn't do the, didn't do the music wow. didn't, didn't play the songs and I'm going man you know this man kind of messes it up messes it up for a lot of people people don't realize you know Mm-hmm. How this affects people because now it affects my business. Yeah. So now I got I got a guy that I don't know. I'm going, mm-hmm. hey man, I don't know you. I've never worked with you, so I need my payment up yeah, front. Up front. He's yeah. going, well, I don't know you. I've never worked with you. And the last guy I paid up front took all the money and didn't do his mm-hmm. work. So I say character over skill set because you know, even I, I don't care how talented you are. You if you have no character, your character can't be trusted. Then yeah. at some point, you know, you you won't. How many musicians do we know? Yeah, average musicians. How many mm-hmm. average musicians we know making very 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 successful living? Absolutely. I guarantee you. It's I guarantee you. It's because of work ethic and character, which kind of go hand in hand. That's dope. Thank you. Thank you for that, man. We're here with uh, the legend Calvin Rogers, episode ten. Um, we're going to play a quick game called What Song Is That? I'm going to play a clip of a record you played on, and you give me some backstory. Ooh, okay. All right? I'm going to test your memory a little bit. Let's take it all the way back. We're here with Calvin Rogers, the king of the intro and the outro, baby. Yes, sir. Tell the devil I'm back. That was what, year 2001, I believe. 2000, 2001, yeah, somewhere yeah. around there, yeah. Tell me about it, man. Yeah. That was a legendary session. And that's a lot of how the world first heard about you um, through that or the Rain On Us record at that time. Yeah. Um, man, I remember one of my fondest memories, and I think of that song, man. If you look at the video at one point, you can see my dad standing there. Oh, my, man, dad, my dad produced that album. Oh, that's um, dope. 
And you can see my dad just standing there and he's looking at me like, go, 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 go. go. Almost like rumble, young man, rumble, young man. But uh, that's one of my fondest memories. And I remember a conversation with my dad going into that record and he was just like, this is, this is your time, Calvin. Yes, sir. And you got to maximize it. And you got to, you got to maximize this moment. He, there, the songs, he was like, this is a, this is going to be a defining project. He knew it. He prophesied it. He was like, this is going to be a defining project. He knew that with the songs they had. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, my brother, Rick Robinson, who was a music director. Yes, sir. um, Him and Maurice just pushing me through that whole record. Like, Yo, man, this this is you gotta you gotta just go for it, bro. Bro, I remember coming to Sweet Holy Spirit, and you guys weren't there. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was so hyped. We were. I was eighteen and nineteen, maybe twenty, and we came there. We go. JJ said we singing that Sweet Holy Spirit. I'm like, yes. Dang. You know, we in Chicago. Nobody was there. Rick, you know, yeah. man, it was a Sunday night service. <laughs> oh wow. I was yeah. Like, this is the worst. But um, that was a, a funny memory. I came without a coat, too. I don't know why I came to Chicago without Man, a coat. I, I brought a bubble vest, and I don't <laughs> – I was freezing, nah, bro. bro. You don't want to do that. No, no, nah, no. That was my that. first time in Shy. But, you, yeah, you weren't there that time. Um, yeah. But it was still a legendary place to be. And, I mean, we all yeah. walking around because that's where you did the recording at. So we're just uh-huh. – had a video. This is this is, yeah, this is it. So that was a fun moment, yeah. man. Let's go to the next one. Um, Let's go to the most famous thing that most people know you for. Yeah. Legendary, bro. <laughs> oh man, I'm like a kid right now. So was the go-go part playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We had started, um, man, I was heavy on my Teddy Campbell thing. Teddy was yeah. always carrying a cowbell around with him. And then I, so I was, um, I had started taking the cowbell out with me when yeah. I was playing for Past the Key. Yeah. And I was playing a go-go thing. And then he was, he was, you hear him say, uh, shout out to Reggie, or he say, what's up, Reggie? His yeah, partner, yeah. Reggie Minor, who's okay. from D.C., uh, that was, you know, he knew what the go-go thing was. So that was the way we played it. We, we played it live like that. Um, and I was kind of like, Pastor Key was like, you know, we got to re-record this song. I don't, I never knew why he was saying we had to re-record it. Because mm-hmm. um, the original song, the original version of it had Adele on it on an Inner City Youth album. Okay. But yeah. we had been, we were doing it live. And he was just like, we got to do it live. We got to do it live. And um, this um, particular... Did the song have the solo solos in it in, in the original? Yeah. Part? Okay. Yep. So Okay. Yep. So there's a there's a version with Liddell wow. on there with, with Liddell Abrams on here. Yeah. And Liddell and, um, loves. Yep. 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 And <laughs> so, good. but we were playing it live in Pastor Key's show, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so he was like, well, I got to put this on my album. And so, um, not guilty album. Yep. And so we, you know, we went in and I was trying to, you know, it's hard to, it was, it's, it's really, really hard to simulate the adrenaline and energy you get when you're in a room full of people and people are pushing, pushing, yeah, pushing. Yeah, yeah. So, but I also wanted to try to make the um, solos appealing to radio because yeah. I knew he was going to put it out as a single. I knew it was mm-hmm. going to get it on the radio. And so, um, I was just kind of trying to think, how can I play this song for radio to yeah. where it feels so, you know, the solos were like way more, not simple. They were kind of simplified, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But I tried to make them where. You didn't chop was, us you know, to death. You didn't yeah. chop us to death. You, yeah. you made it musical. Yeah. Yeah. Cal, that was 22 and, uh, years ago, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even feel like it was that long ago, man. But like I say, I kept saying in the interview, like you inspired a generation, bro, because from that, so many kids were inspired and wanted yeah. to learn how to play. Actually, chop the chop generation came after that, whereas <laughs> YouTube was opening up. Everybody could watch you and watch mm. what you were doing and then in- interpret it themselves. And now it evolved from that to all these intros and outros and stuff that we see now. So yeah, you, salute to you, bro, for being a yeah. legend, man, an innovator. Thank you, bro. No, no doubt, man. I mean that from my heart. As you can see, I'm a real fan and a real historian of this stuff, man. And like, you know, as a drummer, you know, we all watch people at their local church try to do rain on us. Yeah. Sometimes it was crash and burn. Sometimes it was great. So, yeah. you know, it, it all comes from the inspiration that we we thrive from you, bro. I appreciate it. So, this, next thing, this next one I want to play is just about uh, placement, right? This is a live clip from when you were with Fred in AIM. Um, uh, a few, I uh, think 2011. And I just want to talk to you about placement. So I want to play it real quick. Wait. 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 How do you know? How do you know? Is it just maturity? Is it the relationship with the artist? How do you know when to come in and come out? Man, uh, so it, that's why at the beginning when Fred goes, wait, mm-hmm. wait, because uh, I didn't run. I, I didn't generally run the Pro Tools on that gig. Okay. Philip usually ran it, and okay. Philip wasn't there that night. Okay. So <laughs> Cornell Thigpen, I had Cornell Thigpen filling on. Like there was no guitar. Oh, wow. No, yeah. Lawrence. Lawrence wasn't there. So I just called Cornell, who was the keyboard player with Fred before mm-hmm. Philip. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, I need you to fill in this date in, in Memphis. Yep. And so I was like, I'll run Pro Tools. I had Pro Tools behind me, but it was like sitting next to a chair. Somebody had like, somebody jumped or something. I was on the first oh. song and Ooh. it cut off. So Mike Burrell was holding, was sitting behind me running Pro Tools. <laughs> if you wow. look at the look at the video, Mike Burrell yeah. got, got Pro Tools in his On his last song, Vibrate. Yeah, yeah. So, so, he's holding. so I was trying to tell, I was talking to the monitor guy, I was talking to Charles mm-hmm. Harris, and I'm like, hey, we getting ready to do this particular song. So Fred 
wanted the Fred always liked to hear that it was a tambourine that, mm -hmm. that counted that off. So I'm like, you yeah. gotta turn that particular line up on this particular song. So I'm trying yeah. to talk to Charles Harris and telling him this is the song, turn it up, turn it up. Fred yeah. is going, if you wait, 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 I'm talking it to Charles Harris. It sounded like he did it completely on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. And then I had to turn around the mic, like, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, just the coming in and out of the, like the placement of that, like just feeling or- Yeah, man, I just, I just, so, um, uh, I completely took your question the wrong way. You were saying coming in, like starting the song. You saying the feels? I'm talking about the feel, like okay. placement of okay. where you put your your licks. Yeah, um, that I like was that just, story too, though. I take that too. <laughs> <laughs> that the, the, the so just um, playing through that. We, you know, again the studio record. Me and um, me and Fred wrote that song with Philip and yeah. a couple other people. Uh, uh, but we were trying to have that, you know, that studio thing. I always tell people like I was going for like. The, the the Andre 3000, hey, y'all think, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That's the, right. the vibe I was thinking about. So, um, but doing it live, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? They need to have a little bit more energy. And so mm -hmm. I was just, and then to be honest, I had just, I had really, when we started playing that song live like that, I was listening to a lot of Ronald Brunner. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was, there was this one clip of Ronald Bruner playing at Sabian Day in London. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was just enamored with this clip. And he was, he was playing a groove that was kind of similar to that. Okay. And he was playing a lot of those fast fields. And I was yes. just, I was, I was like, dang. So I was listening yeah. to Ronald Bruner and I was trying to play some of that stuff, man. So, yeah. but I still wanted to make sure you, musically, I was trying to, you know, give it a little bit of energy, but then perfect, get out of the man. way. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite clips online, man. Um, now, this next song, um, I'll play it and then I'll tell you my story. Okay. not love gospel music man it's the greatest man, man yeah so that was praise him in advance by marvin sap um on the thirsty album which really changed the world we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that but um that record is not one of your most flashy records but I, that record means something to me because i produced the original song with Dion kipping Rip, man. And, I, and i played on the on the original record and so for you to wow for you to play the record that we created um, it, it meant something to me. So on that, it was a couple. Visit, it was a couple of Dion songs on that album, wasn't it? 
Um, just just praise him in advance. He got credit for two because it was an intro. Um, okay. Praise him in advance, and then uh, then praise him in advance the song. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, we um we produced the original record on you know Dion's label, and mm-hmm. then um we shopped he shopped it to Pastor Sap, and then yeah. But just to, it meant something to me to, for you to be playing my approach, and then you just wow. totally took it to the next level, man. Aaron Lindsay, shout out to Aaron Lindsay for that as well, man. But that's my first time telling you. I never said that out loud because I didn't. I didn't come off as a corny dude. Like, yeah, that's me. Oh man, I've seen dudes do that. I played the original. (laughs) (laughs) No man, that's 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 killer, man. And and that that album, I um I remember like getting those songs. It was a lot of um. East Coast really showed up on that record. Yeah, I think. Uh Thirsty is is a is a uh, Jason Nelson song. Yeah, Jason Nelson. Mm -hmm. I think Jason and Dion, and it was. It's. I feel like there's another, or maybe it was on the on the next album. There was another another Dion Kippen song. I know you did. The, you did the Dion song on his album. Uh, What's coming is better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, but, but and he did yeah, never again. So you did. You got a lot of Dion mm-hmm. records. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. That that album, man, was. Special. It was it was it was special, man, and it almost wasn't. I think I've said I've said this a couple of times. So many couple of funny things about that album. For one, Aaron Spears was I think originally supposed to play the record. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, I know that Aaron Lindsay had had reached out to Aaron Lindsay about. I mean, Aaron Lindsay had reached out to Aaron Spears about that about the album, and mm. it was so funny because I think. When I text Aaron Lindsay trying to tell him I was available for the date, I accidentally text Aaron Spears. <laughs> and Aaron was like, he was like, Aaron's like, all good. Aaron, the crazy funny thing is, Aaron actually hit me about the date. So I'm glad you're doing it. Something funny happened like yeah, that. Yeah. Wow. But I think Aaron Spears was supposed to play that album initially. Um, breaking news, breaking news. Yeah, man. Um, Aaron, Aaron Spears was. The Aaron Spears was supposed to play the record, um, and I think he was he was on tour, of course. Okay. And, you know, um, he he wasn't able to do it, um, and that record was really challenging for me because okay. it was my first time like working with with Aaron Lindsay, mm-hmm. and we we rehearsed in Houston at his studio for yeah. a week. I left. Took the music. I told you how I internalized music, mm-hmm. so I'm just I'm listening at it. So yeah. I kind of was like, we got done with the with the rehearsals in Houston. Get to Michigan the week of rehearsal. I'm playing everything that I played in Houston. Yeah, Aaron's like, hey man, like, are you cool? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. You good? <laughs> he's like, he's like, man, I just feel like it's kind of stiff. It's kind of boring, mechanical. I feel like you know you ain't. You, I'm just hearing what I heard in Houston. I was like, yeah, that's what I do, Aaron. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, I got my parts. I'm okay with the parts. Like, yeah. you didn't like them. You didn't say that in Houston. He was just like, nah, man. He's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling this, man. I'm waiting for, you know, I'm waiting for some energy, some, Ooh. you know, I want to hear some. And I was just like, that's not what I do. I'm yeah. like, I, I thought the whole purpose of us rehearsing in Houston was so that I can get yeah. the foundation of it. I'm like, and this is, and he was just like, like, nah, man. So he was like, man, just go ahead. I mean, it's just rehearsal. Take some risks. Just play, play some other oh, stuff. Wow. Like, just, yeah. just, just play the record. I mean, since you know the songs, just, 
play them a different kind of way. And I was just like, well, I don't even know why I would do that. Like yeah. the obsession is in a couple of, why would I? And so, and Swole was just like, man, just do it. Yeah. And so, and it, you know, the, the, the infamous story about their, their, the infamous story about the possessed the land intro comes from there. Like, you wow. know. Um, Jesus, I forgot about that one. Yeah, but like, so, um, yeah, but like, that was, it was a rough, that was, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say we almost, I don't want to say like, we weren't going to work together no more, but I I know it was, it was a bit of a strain for Aaron. Yeah, it was a tension because I was just like, man, this is what I do. I learned the songs. Yeah. I liked what I played in. So I'm playing what I'm, I'm, he was like, nah, that's, he was like, that's not how I get out. And man, I'm like. I'm waiting for the drum I heard at your church. I'm yeah. waiting for the drum I heard on television on back. This is this is mm. mechanical, and you know it just sounds like you just playing what you practiced. Yeah. I don't want that. And I'm like, I am playing what I practiced. That was the whole. <laughs> that's the whole point of practice, right? <laughs> but uh, we find practice. We our, You're talking about yeah. practice. <laughs> <laughs> we made. We we got through it. We made our way through it. We figured out our dynamic. You know what I'm saying? We figured out. I, I knew then. That he just, you know, Aaron doesn't want cookie cutter. He yeah. don't want, you know, he don't want the mechanical thing. He wants Bare to, minimal. yeah, he yeah, you. yeah. Even if Aaron's, Aaron's all, Aaron's the guy that's like, I'm, I'm fine with telling you to pull back. I'd rather have to tell you to pull back than for me to have to tell you I need. But how do you know that? You don't know that because most producers, you know what I mean? Like it's a preference thing. Yeah. So you have to work with the person thing. in order to know. Because yeah. mo- most times you're doing too much, you get that look. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? So you don't, yeah. nobody wants that. Like, oh, dog, you're doing too much order. The, mm-hmm. In the pocket thing. Like, you, yep. <laughs> you don't want that. You know, like, yeah. they patting their side. Like, uh-huh. you know, we, I, we all been there. So, like, you're going to come in and play session. That's what you do. But I get yeah. it. I totally get it. Yeah. So then yeah. you work together on the next record on the Here I Am. Well, record, in between, right? yeah. In between Here I Am, we did a, we did a couple of things in between Here I Am, I think, though. Um, you did Martin Menezes like with him studios. as well, right? Yeah, I did a Martin Menezes record with him in Israel, and then I did Power of One mm-hmm. with him oh. in Israel, and I did, um, which is, I have to say, that's probably the third favorite recording. You were yeah, asking okay. me about yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the That's the one, Power of One. I don't know how I couldn't think of that. Um, you, but, and, um, you and Teddy are on that, right? No, Teddy's on Love God, Love People. Love God, me Love and People, yeah. Dan Needham. Yeah, are on Power of One. Yes, sir. That's right. Um, we did like George Huff in between there, mm-hmm. we did George Huff record and something else in between those 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 Marvin Sapp records and a um a couple other projects, studio things, you know. But we we you know we we developed our system, got our thing together, figured it out, you know, and then yeah, I win. I, I mean, I win album. That's what it was. I win. I, yeah, I think I win was the third one. That was the one that's in DC. Okay. Yep. That was the one that was in DC. I you were doing everything one. around that time. Yeah. The second one is uh the second one was the what's the name of that song? So glad I made it. Okay. Not so glad I made it. I think so glad I made it is on the is on the third one. Oh, I win. I can't think of the name of that what's, song, but what session is the more than conqueror? On? The second album. Okay. That's the second album. This did it for me right here, bro. I, the, the game was changed.
Paris Bowens, bro. Oh, God bless my brother, man. He's killing on there. Yes, he is. that's crazy that is crazy bro i mean thank you for your approach man thank you for opening our eyes to alternate ways of playing music thank you for drum tones thank you for the eight inch you know what i mean like Thank you for thank you for sitting straight for having good posture. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sitting on the edge of your seat. You know, oh man, you, you just changed the generation, bro. And I am so grateful. You have anything to share on that record? Man, um again, I, I talked about Paris Bowens, man. I remember sitting there and him working out that uh, the changes of that record, man, working out the, the that outro and yeah him that been I was like and that and that groove mm -hmm. you know flipping that groove us going from the ding 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 yeah. with the, the the swing thing to going straight to the good like like man we doing what <laughs> yeah 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 man um man rest in peace to Paris rest always, in peace man. to Paris my brother man yes uh yeah man but that session you know Man, it's such, such a, an incredible session, and they, you know, added the the elements of the, the live horns, and then you know yep. another one of the, another another guy that was that was so pivotal to those records, just with the vibe was uh, Buddy Strong, man. Yes, and, you know what I'm saying, just yeah, man. So salute, yeah, it's great, great projects, man. Yeah, and you know, like I said, you know, it it took some time for us to figure things out but man we got it and we 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 worked into worked ourselves into a group that, that formula worked bro it, yeah. it worked it worked yeah. let's let's bring it home um in 2012 you had a trying year bro um yeah. talk to me about how it, it 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 how your faith helped you get through that situation man um you know i that was that's probably the most challenging year it's probably the most challenging thing i could ever yeah I, I think I've ever been through, man. Everything happened at once. Yeah. Um, and I remember, um, I remember getting up, man, this is so crazy. I remember uh, Philip Feaster's wife calling me and telling me that she was like, you know, your faith is about to be tried unshakably. Yeah. She was wow. like, and I don't know what's coming calvin she's like but your faith is about to be tried and tested unshakably and i need mm -hmm. you to prepare for it i need you to build yourself up yeah. spiritually i need you to you know i'm saying i need you to get in your word i need you to do this and i remember the week before everything went down i was in like buffalo new york and i was just in my room laying in the bed and i was just i was like listening to some music and i'm reading and going through some scripture and i'm just i end up laying on the bed crying man and i'm just like you know i don't know what is about to happen, but I'm like, God, you know, prepare me for it, so on wow. and so forth. Um, man, I was on the way home from London on November 5th, 
2012, the day before my birthday. And right I woke up. I woke up. Um, I was on a plane. I had been asleep for about four hours. I woke up and um, I woke up and I um, I, I had this this anxious feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I I had this very very anxious feeling and this nervous very nervous energy. And I started praying. And in, at first, I'm thinking like this plane is about to crash. Mm. I'm like, what is going on? And the Holy Spirit is just telling me to pray, pray, pray. It's bad. I'm sitting up praying, but I'm also extremely nervous. Yeah. Didn't know what was going on. Finally, the plane touched down, powered my phone on, and I've got messages from my family. And um, my, um, my mom is telling me that my, my, my dad has been rushed to the hospital. He's had a stroke. Mm. And it's not how close me and my dad was. Of course, like I could yeah. feel him. I was on the other side of the world. I knew something was going on with him. And in the middle of him dealing with that, I'm trying to get him better. And I get robbed. And, mm. um, you know, the initial report was it'll be a year or year and a half before you can play drums again. And, um, you were attacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. you weren't just I, robbed. You were attacked. yeah, I got robbed and, and attacked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, bro. And um, um, I had this scar right here mm-hmm. on my head. I see it yeah. every morning. Wow. And I got one in the back too. Yeah. And uh, and so man, they were then had a broken arm, uh, torn retina, uh, detached detached retina, wow. and um, you know, man. I remember walking in my house. I was standing there. I remember walking in my house and I'm just like, okay, I'm able to walk. I'm walking into the house. I just making sure they're not following me. They're not coming in the house to come behind me. There's no guns or anything. They took my keys, took my bags, took my drum gear. And I was thinking like they're gonna come back from my car. Mm. So I was just trying to think like I got up. And I'm the first thing I'm saying to myself, God, whatever it is you're trying to get me to hear or see, mm. like I need you to show me right now yeah. because I did not see this coming. This is the worst possible time, and I'm like, I'm about to lose it. Yeah. And and I'm just and I'm just praying while I'm walking in the house. I'm like, God, whatever is going on, you gotta you gotta make this thing clear to me right now. You gotta make it plain to me right now. And so, um, man, I was just I was praying and. The biggest thing was I was going, my dad can't, if my dad sees this, like, yeah. he's going to worry. Like, we're right. going to shock him. He's still in the hospital. We're going to shock him into a heart attack. Right. So I had to stay away from the hospital for a certain amount of days. And um, while I was away from the hospital, he was looking for me, of course. And so mm-hmm. I had to tell him I was traveling out of town or whatever. Yeah. But um, so I went and checked into a hotel room, man. And I found myself. In that hotel room, I was way away from everybody else. I found myself laying in the bed. Same song came on. Same scripture comes to mind. Mm. And I'm laying there. And God simply saying to me, I don't test anything I don't plan to use. Wow. And so he's like, this is a test of your faith. I need to see if you're going to be able to trust me through this. Everything yeah. I'm telling you to do, no. it's going to get dim. And I was just like, I'm like, how much dimmer can it get? <laughs> right. Like, but uh, man, I was laying there. That same song came on. On. Uh, Do you remember what the record was? I'm sitting there and I'm I'm laying there, and uh, same song comes on, and and I just 
breakdown crying. I'm like, oh man. Uh, it was it was a it was a uh, it was a song called um, uh, "Worthy Is the Lamb." Travis Cottrell. Okay, "Worthy Is the Lamb." Okay. So yeah, standard, um, standard like CCM worship song. But yeah, the song yeah, yeah. just used to kind of tear me up. Gotcha. Um, and I was just kind of like, man, like, and song comes on. And I I had laid in my bed and I was just God, going, God, you're worthy, God, you're worthy, God, you're worthy. God, you're yeah. Worthy. I'm just tore up, man. So I'm just like, I don't know how this could get any worse because the Lord was just telling me, he's like, you know, things are going to change. Mm-hmm. And you got to trust me through all of this. And man, I just, I didn't know what to do. So everything the Holy Spirit told me to do, man, was telling me stuff. We got my finances, we got my money, we got wow. where I was living, got my kids. And I was just like, some of the stuff I was doing was, was just didn't make sense. Yeah. And, and he was telling me, he was saying, and the Holy Spirit was telling me, like, a lot of this is, this is going beyond this moment. Wow. So I need you, I need to see, this is all going to be a testament of your faith. Right. So when I got to 2014, two years later, I lost my dad in 2014. Right. Holy Spirit told me to leave Fred at the end of that year. Wow. Holy Spirit told me it's time for you to go. I saw somebody saying on the internet some time ago that I, I said I left Fred because of money. I never ever said that. Mm-hmm. No one that never came out of my mouth. Okay. Um the Holy Spirit told me it's time for you to leave Fred. So much to the point I didn't want to leave, so much to the point that I stayed for a whole nother two years. Wow. I stayed for two more years. Yeah. The last year in 2016, after we finished the last tour, bro, it was the tour was just bad for me. I just mm-hmm. didn't get anything from that tour. And the Holy Spirit was telling me, I told you to leave. Mm-hmm. So now I'm in like, I'm in like the belly of the well almost. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was Don't before it is. So, so almost I was like right at that point. Right. The Holy Spirit had told me, had told me at the end of 2014 to leave. Yeah. So this time is up. And it was nothing wrong. No. When I called Fred and had to tell him, man, hard phone call, I had to, I felt like nothing's wrong. Nothing yeah. happened. Man, my assignment is up here. Yeah. And I had told Fred I was gonna be with him. I told him I'm gonna be with you until you decide you don't want to do music anymore. Right. But man, I I mean, I was there for so long that I just didn't I had got comfortable there. Was it like 14, 15 years? How many years was it? Man, I was like 13, 13. maybe 13 years. I got with Fred in like 2004. Wow. And I was there until 2017. That's crazy, bro. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, that, so season, man, I, that season was up and it was time. It was just up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just up. And I'm just like, you know, and I hated to be up because man, I, I was so many things I loved about the gig. I loved working with Fred. I loved mm-hmm. the perks. I knew we were going on tour every year, yeah. you know, but it was just, just was time. It was time, man. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I was challenged by that, man, but it was just all, it was all God preparing me for this season in my life. I always thought when I got to these moments in my life, everything's gonna happen right back to back. So I'm gonna leave. Right. I, I want to leave here. Then God's gonna do this, and God's gonna say, and it was all just a process. But right. it's all because if it happened that quickly, then you'll be able to go back and say, "Oh well, yeah, yeah, I'm glad I listened to the Holy Spirit." Yeah, but if you right. gotta sit, if the Lord told me to leave in 2014, and then I didn't see the manifestation of what He told me after I obeyed Him mm. for another three years, yeah, and it would have been easy for me after maybe six months to go. <laughs> Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I yeah. ain't had the Holy Spirit right. Let me go I, back. Let right. me call Fred back and say, hey, man, you know what I'm saying? Let me, let's, let's get this. No, bro, <laughs> right, I had to stand on it. I had to stand yeah. on it, man, and 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 on, on my faith move and say, God, I trust you. God, I yeah. trust you. God, I trust you. So, yeah, man, uh, 
but yeah, it, it was that was a rough time in my life. I lost my dad in 2014 yeah. uh, to that illness, man, and to what he went through, and uh, it, it was that was a rough time for me, man. It's still been rough, you know, yeah. losing a parent. It's just, of course, you know, but. But uh, even even through all of that, man, I trust God. Through that situation, through these scars, bro, yeah. I learned to trust God, and I, I believe in my whole heart. If I had to go through all of that again, I never would have believed that going through that would have made me better. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Never believed that skyrocketed yeah, after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't play the same after that. Bro. No, uh, you know. But if you would have asked me if I was willing to go through it, if God would say, "Are you willing to go through this to get what I have for you?" Yeah. And I'm not even talking about, I'm not talking about financial things. Now, I'm not talking about gig-wise. I'm not talking about my plan. I'm talking about the place that God has me in him. Right. Right. If he would have asked me if I was willing to go through that, I absolutely would have said no. Of yeah. course I would have said no. But that was that's that's why he's God. Yeah, and he <laughs> knows. God. Yeah. He knows. And he yeah. knows. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, bro. Um, You definitely went through something major, but... God brought you to the next level. And like that was yeah. your mountaintop experience where you yes, your valley experience to bring you to the mountain. So Absolutely. I'm grateful. I'm grateful, man. I don't even know what to say, man. I'm I'm honored to be chopping it up with the legend, man. And uh this is episode 10 of the In the Pocket Podcast, uh, with the legend, Calvin Rogers, man. Um man. last question, bro. How do you want to be remembered? Uh man, I would love to be remembered as someone who lived a life poured out mm -hmm. you know uh i want to say i want somebody to look at my life and say he did everything that god called him to do he he left here and he didn't leave one stone unturned he didn't yeah. leave one question he he left uh, an inheritance for his kids he left mm -hmm. uh, ministry and legacy behind him uh he left something for us to hold on to uh, you know, so I want to live a life poured out, man. I want to yeah. live a life that I would love to live a life where, every, where people can look at it and goes, you know, go, this is how you follow God. This yeah. is, you know, this is an example. We got a blueprint here yeah. for, some, for somebody that maybe is not sure. And not because I want to be idolized, yeah. but because I believe, I believe in turning, submitting your gift to God, you give it back to him. And then from there you see, the, the works that he does, how yeah. he takes it and he multiplies right. and doubles and adds and triples what, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, really, you know, like I said before, we all just church kids, man. Yeah, that's it. Right. We, 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 we kids that grew up in church and we've been all over the world, you know what I'm saying? All yeah. over the world doing what, doing what we learned in church. Yeah. You know, so. All from and a gift that God gave all, us. All from a gift that God gave us, you know. Yeah. And it's important that people remember that because this ain't nothing you did. You no. know, it's, it's nothing I did. You know, this no. is all this is all a blessing from him. You know, we gotta be gotta be careful with it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, brother, my brother, you have honored your gift. And you and your gift has made room for you and made you mm -hmm. uh known throughout the world, bro. So thank you so much. That's a wrap for episode 10 of the In The Pocket podcast with my friend and brother, Calvin Rogers, one of the greatest drummers of this modern era, songwriter, father, mentor, teacher, clinician. I mean, the list goes <laughs> on and on, man. He does it all and he was very humbled and, and he took time out of his busy schedule because I know he's got to do something. And he gave us a, <laughs> a two and a half hours yeah, of content, man. man. I'm so grateful. Um, I've been chasing him for a long time. I've been a fan <laughs> for a long time. And my brother made time for me and came through and dropped some gems. And this is not just 
for me. This is for the world. And I want you guys to take this and share this to the nation so that everybody can also get the insight on how to be a successful musician. It doesn't have to be a musician. It could be an actor, an actress. Take the take what he said and use it to your advantage. So thank you, my brother, for your time. Thank, thank you, you for, for so, your support. It means the world to me, man. Continue to spread your gift. Continue to shine your light, man. We are all watching and supportive and, and, and proud of you like from the inception to, to where you're going, man. So I just want to say I, I love you and I, I support you, man. And, and thank you for your support towards me. Chip, I appreciate it, man. I, I really appreciate you having me. I appreciate you being being considered, man. The invitation. Uh, I've, I've been following the show, man. So I love what you're doing. And I, and I appreciate the invitation, bro. Praying thank that you. God's blessing, whatever you're pouring out, man, whatever it is that your intent behind this, man, that God would double and triple fold bless it, bro. And uh, man, I gotta get one of those shirts. And I, I, I'm gonna you. give you, I'm, I'm gonna give you my list though, because I need, I need, I need, oh, you need the updated I need, list. Yeah, I need an updated. I don't want my name on there, man. All I right, need so to, yeah, just I'm gonna shout out everybody. So Calvin, yeah, Aaron, bro, Teddy, Mike, Brian, Fraser, Moore, Gerald Haddon. Gerald I mean, Hayward. Gerald Hayward. Pardon me. Um, Nissan Stewart, Little John Roberts, Doobie Powell, Gordon Campbell, and Rexel Hardy. Yeah, so that's Chicago's on here heavy, though, man. And, and I got to do different volumes because I'm missing Quinn. I'm missing uh, some some other people. So Sput, I gotta you know I gotta redo it. So yeah, these are, um, these are guys that helped shape my career and and, and were influential Bro, in my life, man. I gotta get a few of those, man. I gotta yeah. get a few of those. I'm gonna hit you up. No doubt. Love you, man. Yes, Thank you. So Love you, much. bro. And I appreciate you and I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Blessings, man. Take care, bro. Wow. That was an amazing interview. That's it. Episode 10 is a wrap. I am super grateful to my bro, Calvin Rogers, for coming through and spending quality time with us on the pod. He poured out of his heart. He gave us free game. He told us his success story. He told us his failures. This interview was very informative. It was very vulnerable. It was very intimate. I mean, my guy really poured out of his heart, man. And I'm grateful to him for taking time out of his schedule to be with us, to let us know what's going on and provide insight on how to be successful in the music industry. He came through and hung with us for two and a half hours. I can't believe it. That was so dope. Thank you for supporting the pod. Everyone who watched today, thank you for letting me come into your home and bring this, this dope show to you. So uh, please like and subscribe, share this with your friends, put your notifications on so you can know when we release new content. Audio version of this podcast will be available on Spotify, Google Playlist, Apple Playlist, and iHeart. Um, please share this with your friends, let them know. Um, I'm grateful for everyone who supports us um, and continue to support us. Happy holidays to you and your family. And until next time, continue to stay in the pocket. Peace.